I'm having a goddamn blast on tour with this Big Mouth and a Small Town tour. So I've added some dates and wanted to let you know where I'm headed next. Uh, yeah, March 14th, I will be in Lakeside, Arizona. And then the 15th and 16th, I'm finally coming to Tucson. So if you're in Tucson, I'm coming to Laughs Comedy Cafe. Get your tickets. We're going to have a good time. My good friend Noah Koffer will be featuring at those shows. He'll also be with me the following weekend when I come to Grand Rapids, Michigan. Dr. Grins, I cannot wait to see you guys again. Those are always some of my favorite shows, and I'm sure this year will be no exception. And then I am headed up to my home state of Alaska for the Alaska Before You Die Fest. Anchorage, you better not fucking sit on these tickets. They're going fast. There's a few left. Uh, April 5th, I will be doing shows at the Gumbo House. It's downtown. I'm doing an early and a late show, one night only. It's an intimate venue, so tickets are limited. It's going to be out of control. If you've come to my show at Coots before, you know how fun they are. This venue is so much better for comedy. I can't even explain it. Just get fucking tickets. These shows are going to be wild. And then on the 6th, I'm headed down to Homer. Homer, Alaska. I am coming, performing there for the first time. Alice's Champagne Palace. And then on the 7th, I will be in Seward, Alaska. So Anchorage, Homer, Seward. We're having a goddamn good time. I'm going to come kill at all those shows because I'm a fucking Alaskan assassin. Am I sorry I said that? I don't know. Listen. Dayton, Kentucky, 12th of April. If you are in the Cincinnati-ish area, Dayton, Ohio, Dayton, Kentucky, this is your chance to see me at a really cool new venue called the Commonwealth Sanctuary. And then I am headed to Portland, May 3rd. I'm headlining the Rip City Comedy Festival. I will be at McMenamin's Mission Theater. You guys, this is a cool theater. We want it to be packed out because, of course I want it to be packed out, but also like, Let's have a goddamn good time in this nice, beautiful theater. So come to that. It's going to be a hell of a time. I can't wait to come back to Portland. And then Wisconsin. I'm headed back your way. But this time I'm coming to Janesville, May 17th and 18th. Green Bay on the 19th. And then what up, Florida? St. Pete, Tampa. I'm coming your way. Uh, Tampa, I will be there June 2nd. And St. Pete, um, they're ahead of that, uh, May 31st. Tampa, I'm at Side Splitters. And if you go to the links in all of my bios or go to their website to get tickets, for a limited time, you can use the code JMS and get $5 off tickets. And wherever you are, I'm trying to get people to buy tickets early instead of waiting to the last minute and making me panic so that if it is going to sell out, it sells out faster so that I know that, the club knows that, maybe we can add a second show. Just FYI, that helps every artist that you're a fan of. So if you can ever buy ASAP, go ahead and do that. Uh, So that's your incentive to buy early in Tampa. And uh, uh, I'll be adding more dates soon. If you did not hear your town, but you want me to come there, head over to my Instagram, instagram.com slash jmscomedy or just at jmscomedy if you're using the app like most of us. Uh, click the link in my bio, join my email list. That lets me know where you guys are so I know what areas want to come see me. Uh, so do that. I can't wait to get to more cities. I'm having so much fucking fun on the road. You guys have been amazing. People have been buying merch. These audiences have been out of control, good, just electric, laughing, having a blast. And I know all these upcoming shows are going to be no exception. So I will see you there jmscomedy.com slash shows to get your tickets. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. We're going to have a fucking good time either way. So thanks for listening to this little promo. Enjoy this episode. Ta-ta, idiots.
What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. What kind of ignorant shit is that? At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. You idiot, you fool! Hey, dummy! This is the Ignorance is Blessed podcast. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Hey, idiots, welcome back to Ignorance is Blessed, a podcast that attempts to overcome ignorance, mostly by asking ignorant questions. With me, Jessica Michelle Singleton. I'm your host, I'm a comedian, and I'm ignorant, and that is why we're here. Uh, If you're new to the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review it on iTunes. It helps a lot. Thank you so much to those of you who have done that. I've gotten some cool ones over the last week. Um, We're at about 66. I would love to hit 100 by the new year. Um, that would make me very, very happy. So please go do that. It's uh, super easy. Just open the podcast app on your iPhone and search for Ignorance is Blessed. Click on that logo and then click on the review tab and you can click write a review and uh, hopefully say wonderful things about the podcast and, you know, me if you want to. What? That's crazy. Um, it really helps. I think this might be the last episode that comes out before the new year. I, um, I'm recording a few more this week, but I haven't decided if I want to put them out. Uh, I could, I just, uh, I'm kind of going on a hiatus, so I won't be around to promote them and I'd hate for them to not get the same amount of promotion. I try to give all of them. So, um, let me know what you think. Those are going to be, let's see, there'll be like a, a beauty pageant queen, former beauty pageant queen. I'm going to talk to one of my friends about attending a historically black college and, uh, and another guest will be Dana Moon, and we're talking about uh, her dead dad, uh, daddy issues. We're talking about coping with death of a, of a parent, really, and who knows what else, because it's me and Dana, and if any of you know either of us, it'll probably go off the rails, and you know that. Um, so let me know. If you hear this one, uh, and you want to give me some feedback and say, hey, put it out anyways, I'd love to have new content over the holidays, or if you're cool with waiting... Let me know, and then I will wait till I come back from my uh, hiatus. I'm going on a Vipassana retreat from December 16th through the 27th. Uh, so maybe one more will come out before then. We'll see. Uh, and uh, yeah, so I won't. I will be MIA, unreachable, and disappeared from society, pretty much. Uh, so let me know your thoughts. I uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. Where am I at this weekend? Myrtle Beach. This Thursday, December 7th through Saturday, December 9th. I'm going to be at Carolina Comedy Club in Myrtle Beach. Come there uh, if you're in the area. CarolinaComedyClub.com for tickets and show times. And, uh, and then after that, I'm going to visit a friend in Orlando. We're wearing Harry Potter tank tops. And we're going to dork out in our houses uh, at Universal Studios. So uh, if you're vacationing in Orlando, maybe I'll run into you on Monday at Universal Studios. I will be uh, the obnoxious blonde in the Ravenclaw t-shirt tank top because whatever, I'm a Ravenclaw, I'm intelligent, uh, which is hilarious given the entire premise of this podcast for me to be like, <laughs> I'm intelligent. Uh, but, you know, uh, sometimes I think the most sure sign of intelligence is someone who's willing to admit they might not know it all. But maybe I'm just a narcissist. Uh, yeah, cool. Uh, thinking about starting a second podcast with with like life advice where maybe I have guest hosts. So it'd be like a lifeline, so to speak, uh, like love line, but not purely for just sexual relationship stuff where you guys could send in questions and, uh, 
me and if I have a guest host, the guest host would give advice, you know, funny advice, real advice, whatever. Um, it was just suggested to me. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, let me know what you guys think about that. So tweet at me at JMS Comedy. <coughs> God, you guys, I ate a fruit bar and it's killing me now. <sighs> um, yeah, let's get to it. My guest this week is a close family friend. Pony. That's his nickname in my family. Uh, I guess he used to have a ponytail and I have like this group of like I have, a, I have a real Uncle John and then he has two best friends all named John so they all have nicknames. It's just been like this for years. There are things about my family I didn't even realize would be considered funny from an outside perspective until I start saying them out loud but his real name is John and he is a uh, Pony is a Vietnam vet so I interviewed him about that. Um, if you're a huge war history buff, uh, I am just going to give you a heads up. You might be disappointed with my questions. I feel like I, I was traveling and I was a little out of it and I don't know if I adequately prepared as well as I wish I would have as far as history questions. Uh, I, I try to focus a little bit more on PTSD, um, and how that's affected him. So I feel like there's a lot to be learned about that within here and, uh, and just, you know, get the perspective of one person who was in Vietnam and uh, how it's affected his entire life. So, uh, yeah, uh, I guess that's this. And, uh, you know, let me know how you felt about it. If you have additional questions, I'm happy to send them over to him or maybe I'll do a follow-up at some point. As with all my guests, I like to keep you guys informed. So uh, let me know and uh, and enjoy. This is... Uh, Vietnam and PTSD with uh, Pony, John Connerton. All right. Hey, guys. It's me. I'm Jessica Michelle. I'm Jessica Michelle. You guys already know that. I've done an intro by this point. It's my podcast. Uh, I, you guys, I'm here with Pony. I, was, I always call you my uncle, but you're just, he's just longtime family. He's basically my uncle. It's just, you know, you have family members that you're like, who knows? Well, I'm your actual uncle's you know, heterosexual life partner. Yeah, speak a little closer. Yeah, you guys, he's like just just longtime bachelor bros with my real uncle John, and everyone is named John, so everyone has a nickname. Uh, that's so funny. Heterosexual life partners. <laughs> you guys are just living the dream. I stole that from Jack Black. Actually, yeah, he's a I did I mean, it on an award show one time, and I said I like that. Like, I like I that. Like also, I need something to just explain to exactly, all the relatives that are probably like, exactly. "What's going on over there?" All right, all my cross-eyed mm. relatives. Yeah, they're like mm, living in sin. <laughs> <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that. Yeah, no, there's not. It's like all right, it, but you know, in Florida, neighbors right. are probably like, "I don't know, they're gay witches over there." <laughs> <laughs> Although we both have several ex-wives and I know it's so funny you guys you guys are players <laughs> players men you pigs you, you guys pigs. they literally have a pool table in their living room is like they're just just dudes <laughs> it's awesome you guys are my favorite if anyone else is listening shut up i didn't i didn't say that you guys are my favorite though um <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about uh i guess like uh vietnam and or just being a war veteran and maybe a little bit of ptsd Okay. Um, let's. I guess just I'll just get into it. So, you he was just showing me some pictures, you guys, which I'll post when this comes out. But you joined when you were seventeen. Mm -hmm. Was that okay? Was it enlisting or were you drafted? I enlisted. You Marine enlisted. Corps. It's the Marine Corps. Oh, you're like I'm a badass. I'm well, going actually, in. Actually, they did draft for a little while during the Vietnam War, but I was already. You were already, already joined. Oh, you'd already joined. So, was the war going on? 
when you joined. Yes. And you were like 17. You're like, I'm going to go over there. I'm going to fight for my country. Yep. Uh, how did your family feel knowing you were going off to this like ongoing uh, war well, that seemed to my be? My mom had, was passed away. My mom passed away when I was like 11. Oh, okay. But my dad wasn't all too happy about it. He's like, you As a matter of fact, he wasn't going to, he had a sign for me to go in because I was only 17. Oh, yeah. So sign off on it. And uh, he said he wasn't going to do it, so I threatened to go get the neighborhood drunk and take him down and have him sign <laughs> as like, my dad. But like, don't forget, back then they didn't have all these ways to figure out to who verify. was who. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, so you're like, paid, I could have paid a bum in the street, you know, twenty bucks to come down. And <laughs> you're either going to wish me well, or dad. somebody else is going to send me off. Either way, I'm going. <laughs> exactly. That's so. But funny. I probably would have been drafted. You know, when I turned 18, between 18 and 20, I'm sure I would have been drafted during that time period. Yeah, because it was such but a big... I never even thought of that, though. You know, it was Did you have a uh, military family? No. No? No, first one. Just uh, what inspired you? Just... Uh, the Marine Corps, actually. Marine Corps? Because they're just yeah, such... I saw movies and posters and, and, you know, and knew a couple of guys in my neighborhood in New York that had been in the Marine Corps. And, and they were just notorious badasses, right? Well, they were notorious badasses, but they were really well-respected. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Until after the war. And then yeah, so, we'll talk so, about that. Wasn't so nice. Was it, uh, so when your dad wasn't happy about it, was it just like any like any parent being like, I don't want my kid to go off to war in general? Did he have like a specific, like the Vietnam? Did, was he like opposed to Vietnam or anything? No, he was opposed to me quitting school. Uh, okay, so you were, I was, oh, I guess I was 17. senior in high school. So you were dropping out. I just started my senior year of high school that September and I joined the Marine Corps in November and I left for boot camp in January. Wow, I don't think they even let you do that anymore. Like you have Probably to finish not. I think. Probably. Well, now in the Marine Corps they only take high school graduates. Graduates. Okay. Yeah, high school graduates. And I wow. got my GED while I was in the Marine Corps actually. Okay, so you finished. Yeah. Uh, well, you got a certification yeah. or whatever. Oh, wow. So did you 17. What year was that? 1966. 1966. Man, the 60s. <laughs> was it, uh, what did your friends think? Did you have a lot of friends joining the? Uh, I had one friend actually that joined with me. We went on the buddy system, this guy right here in the. Okay, I'll, I'll post a picture of you guys and I'll His I'll name is show. Patty Corrigan. He passed away oh. several years ago from, oh. from uh, diabetes that he contracted through Agent Orange. From <gasps> oh, through Agent Orange? Yeah. He had First he had his foot cut off, then he had his other leg cut off, and then his second leg cut off. And, and then it was just and like... And then he passed away. Yeah. Oh, wow. Were you guys... He was a guy I grew up with. Wow. The, That's... And he was... Actually, almost... three of us went down together to join. One guy didn't do well enough on the test, <laughs> so they sent him to the Army. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> That's just a stab at the Army. Like, yeah. well, you could be in Sorry. the Army, I guess. <laughs> Sorry. That's so funny. Uh... I uh wow were you and Patty in the same no 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 I didn't want to do that okay just for the reason you know I thought about you know do I want to you know go somewhere where one of us may get killed and you know the other one to be all screwed up I, oh like I, I thought you, know. you were like if I'm gonna have to like be surrounded by people who are possibly dying I don't want to have to either of us to watch our know best them. friend right exactly yeah, yeah. but exactly. then I mean you get to know them right. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Th those uh, become absolutely. like it's like a fraternal. Oh yeah. Oh um, man. So, as a matter but, of fact, we have a fiftieth anniversary coming up. Really? And there's a big reunion up in Washington D.C. Well, oh, actually, you, in uh, in uh, Quantico, Virginia, which is right outside. Oh, right outside. When is that? At the Marine Corps Museum of the Marine Corps. Uh, it's uh, April thirtieth to May third. Oh, cool. Which is the anniversaries of the Battle of Daido. Oh yeah, and you were there. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. That was a bit. That was 
I'm trying to think. I tried to read up on them and now I'm all. Yeah, that was a, that was a big one for yeah, us. Yeah, that was a victory for us, right? Ish. Well, history says no. History oh. says that. And now I'm like confusing. I'm like, I read yeah. so many articles. Yeah, yeah. I mean, overall, we know what history says about right. whether or not it was a victory. But, but you know, having been there, I know what the fact, you know, I saw it. Yeah. You know, and I know there were 10,000 of them and there were 600 of us. Oh, damn. So they lost like 2,600. Oh, wow. Killed. How many knows, came and, out with you guys? And we lost, I think, I, I, I think it died though. We lost like 183. I wow. I'm not exactly sure of them, but like 183, but then 500 and something wounded. Yeah. And so it was. Just, wow. You know, don't forget, there were only 600. Yeah, no, I know. I was and like, I was like not to discount the lives of <laughs> that were lost because that's yeah. horrible, but I'm like, numbers wise. In that, in that battle, two of my buddies got the Medal of Honor and another one got the Navy Cross. Oh, wow. So it was. You have a purple heart, right? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. When did you, did you get that from that battle? Is no, that how that I got works? that a couple of months before. I got shot on, uh, at a place called Lambs Juan West, which ah. was on uh, March 7th of 1967. No, 1967. I'm sorry. Um, in early March of 1968, I got wounded. I got shot in both legs. One was a through and through, and one was... Yikes. It's, it's actually still there. Oh, wow. They never took it out. They said that, you know, it was too far in. And, so, you know, it was in a field hospital, like a MASH unit. Yeah, so they're just and, like, eh. Yeah, they just said, we'll just leave that. They sent me to Japan. And in Japan, they decided to just leave it out. Told me that it would eventually work itself out. Work itself out? Did and that happen? Obviously, that's you know, over 50 years ago. And it's just actually and embedded. It's you're like, deeper. nothing has lodged, come it's out of me. It's gone the wrong way. It's gone deeper in. Than has been oh, wow. Out. Has that affected, like... Not that you really. noticed that specifically yeah, has not really wow no, well so anyway they sent me to the hospital i was in japan for two months and i got back just in time for daido oh they're me. like get back out there lucky me <laughs> just like get just a coach yeah. putting a but get I, back I, on actually, the field they were supposed to send me home because i'd been wounded you know a couple of times before yeah. and uh, but i had a critical mos i was a recon marine so my mos was critical so they sent me back to vietnam oh what is that okay critical they mos actually, well, certain MOSs are critical. They have to have them. You know, recon obviously have to go and get information. Okay, in what's the MOS? Military occupational. Okay, okay. So military occupational specialty. Okay, MOS. and and so yours was like critical, obviously. So of yeah, utmost yeah, importance. You know, we so would go like, out before everybody get information, bring it back, and they would devise the battle plans. You so know, you went out first. You guys were like the yeah four and eight man teams. Oh wow! Around the woods and you know did wearing, you branches and bushes and <laughs> oh my god so you were just like total camo yeah hiding yeah. out did you encounter a lot of like exactly. gorilla attacks because yep. i know that was a thing over there yeah well actually we were way far up north so we didn't there weren't any gorillas okay where we were it was all uh you know north vietnam regulars and red chinese okay so the gorilla attacks better equipment really... than we did you know, they had f helmets, flak jackets. They were know, like ready to better go. Better weapons. They had AK-47s. We had crappy M16s. And you're covered in sticks. And they're like, you'll be right. fine. You're yeah, a Marine. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <gasps> How? Okay, so you enlisted when you were 17. At that point, was there already... I, I don't remember the timeline because the war went on so long. Was there already a lot of controversy going on? It was just war? beginning. It was just beginning. Yeah, so it was in like early '66. It was just beginning. There had been a couple of major battles in August of 1965. Yeah, but we had been there in a military, you know, since advisory capacity since like the late '50s. Late '50s, right? So okay. We had been there for a while. Okay, and but it was just starting. There, you know, Eisenhower actually made the deal with them that we would. Yeah. Know, 
go there and help them if they were ever attacked by the North. Ah, okay. Kept it going, and obviously he was killed during the war, and then Johnson really kept Came it going. Came in, yeah, Johnson. Boy, did he. Yeah. Um, okay, so as far as, um, like, the general American viewpoint for, like, people not actually involved in the war, but, like, protesters and stuff? Not when I first went in. Not when you first when went in. When I first in. went in, actually, I had a big party for me. Yeah, everyone was, ex- they're yeah, like, you're still yeah. treating you like they treated soldiers exactly. in previous wars, right. where it's like, you're a hero. Right. Post-World War II. You're fighting yeah. for our country. Right. Okay. But by the time I get back, when you, so. It hit the fan, and you know, <sighs> there was all kinds of anti-war protests, and, you know, and, and plus, at that time, unfortunately, the, uh, the race relations were starting to get really bad. Oh, because it was like black people were starting to realize that you know they're just as good as anybody else, and they should of course have you know the same opportunities and everything. Well, they probably yeah. always realized that, but they and were just starting to fight for it. They were just starting to stand up for for themselves. With the exactly. civil rights movement was really exactly. so it was just so, one and, thing on top of and another. Unfortunately, that translated into the military, and by the time I left Vietnam, the reason I didn't reenlist was because the ra- race relations were so bad. Oh, wow. And I couldn't, I just didn't want to do it anymore. As far as, oh, because they were, what was it like? Oh, yeah, equality. Well, then you guys can be drafted and go fight for us. Right. And it was like, a, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, let's see. How long were you over there? 13 months. 13 months. Well, 15 months if you count the two months I the was two in the months. hospital in Japan. The vacation in Japan where yeah. you were just laying... I'm just kidding. Oh, and then we went two weeks to the Philippines, too. Oh, yeah. What was that? Okay, so that was after a battle? Or that what? was after Kantin. Yeah, that was after the battles in uh, November and December of 1967. Yeah, so I they got, just... I got there uh, Halloween oh, wow. 1967. And they're like, put on this costume and, and hide in the they put sticks. Us up, you know, we were up in the DMZ and we were crossing into the DMZ doing patrols and oh. search and destroy missions and doing all that kinds of stuff. And then we got overrun a couple of times. We lost a bunch of people. Oh, wow. So they had to send us to the Philippines to regroup. You know, they sent us a bunch of replacements and resupplies. And, and they're like, just stuff. go here and, and take then, a breath. And then I had another stroke of luck after that trip to the Philippines because when we got back we were back about four days and Tet started <laughs> oh <laughs> that was like way. <laughs> oh wow yeah, so. you just were there I was just so lucky for my time there you're just every like, time I left I came back you know we ended up in a big battle was, you're just, they it, started telling me you're not leaving you're staying yeah you, know? you have to stay because <laughs> every time you go and come back something <laughs> worse happens but they offered me you know a couple of ranks yeah boost for me to return to re-up yeah, was that to like sign another enlistment? And I said, and you no, said no, like no. they were going to give you more money and you'd have more. Well, not more money, just two more ranks. Oh, I was, not I was more money. Corporal E four, and they were going to promote me to uh, uh, an E six. Well, they were going to promote me to E five sergeant immediately, and then if you get promoted to E six, it's got to go through Congress. So they would have to send it and get approved by Washington. But it was a done deal. If yeah, they would have signed, and but I declined. You said, declined. No. Wow. So you were all together just enlisted for. Three years. Three years. Okay. I joined in January 1966, and I got out in January 1969. Okay. Um, do you feel like uh, whatever training they put you through, did any of that really prepare you for what war was actually going to be like? Absolutely. Yeah. Really? That's actually the, the, the main reason I chose the Marine Corps. It's because they do I'm like such do intense this, training. I'm going to be, you know, trained as well as I can. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, for the army guys, they went in as a group. They went over there as a group, and they came home as a group. 
Ah. You know, like 100 guys would go in, you know, to boot camp, and then they'd all go for, you know, secondary training together, and then they'd all go to Vietnam together, and then they'd all come home together. Uh, not all of them. And, uh, uh. Right, not all of them. <laughs> uh, uh, well, the unit. Did, yeah. You know, not all the people. Figuratively. The right. Uh. That was their plan. You know. So, wait, with the Marines, was it not, you don't go as a unit? No, 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 no. Do you no. even have, like, a small group you go with? No. Nope. Or they just train you like lone wolves? That, well, they train you all together, but then, you know, once you're trained, you can go work with anybody. Yeah, they put you in different places. Training. Do you think that's better? Because it's. I think it's way better. Yeah. 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 Uh, did you? So you're going out with these these missions. You're going out in groups of like four and and eight. Uh huh. So are those people you probably like closely bonded with? Absolutely. I mean, I guess. Yeah. Uh, did you know them long before, or is it just like? I never met them before. So it's just like this is so and so. This is so and so. Here's yeah. your jobs. Get I out got, there. I got my orders. I was in. Uh, Camp Pendleton in California. I got my order to Vietnam. Uh, at midnight, they flew me out. And I landed in Da Nang the next day. 24 hours later, I landed in Da Nang. Oh, wow. And they said, okay, you're with the 2nd Battalion, 4th Marines. There's a truck over there going up Highway 9. Go ahead and hitchhike. Get to your unit. Report there within three days. Hitchhike. So I started hitchhiking around Vietnam and reported to my unit the next day. You just hitchhiked? Yeah. To your unit. Well, hitchhiked, it's really, you know, jumping a ride from another military. From another, yeah, of course. You know, I got a ride from the Air Force guys. They were going from, you know, one location to another. So I rode in a truck with them for a little while. Oh, wow. And I got on a Army, uh, armored personnel carrier, sat on top of that, rode that for a few miles. And that was just a thing. And then that... I got a helicopter that took me actually to my unit. A hel- you're just, yeah. oh, how convenient. Well, you would go to the air base and you say, hey, anybody going to Quang Tree? Yeah. You know, anybody going to Alpha 4? And, you know, the pilots were all, you know, great guys. They say, yeah. hey, I'm going that way. I'll drop you off. Oh, wow. So it's just like so, an yeah. understood thing that's like, yeah, you just yeah. pick up yeah. these other and people. You're carrying your orders so you can show your orders to anyone that asks. Yeah, so they know you're so not. You know you're not just, right. Well, just, who would be bumming around Vietnam at that Yeah, who's anyway. like, this will be fun. <laughs> you know, it's not like now. Now there are people that do that. They go to Vietnam and they just hitchhike around. Hitchhike around. And and go it's... visit all the different... You know, propaganda sites of how they kicked our ass in the and world. And you're like, what a luxury for you. Yeah. Like, it must be nice to That's just take fun. a vacation. Yeah. Oh, wow. And they have tours. Yeah. Now, they have tours that go to Vietnam and go to all the different battles sites. And That's always been know. so, like, I'll go, if I'm in an area where there's like a memorial, I don't, I'll, you know, I'll go by, see it, read about it, you know, pay respects, but. Yeah, it's always been. I'm fascinated by people who are like. It's always been beyond me why people would want to go back there and visit it and revisit that. It's so horrifying. What the heck, you know? Yeah, I mean, I was fortunate enough to get out of there alive. Did you see a lot of? To see that again. Did you see a lot of crazy stuff? Did you like lose? What do you mean crazy stuff? I don't know, man. Were you were any of the places where like kids got blown up and stuff? No, 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 no. We were. We were so, so far north, there was none of that. I was so far north that all the villages had been, you know, evacuated years ago. Oh, okay. You know, the only thing, the only people there was us and the bad guys. Okay. You know, us our, and the bad our, guys. Our orders was, if it moves, shoot it. If it moves, shoot it. Right. Were there ever any accidents there in there? There were a lot of water buffalo. Oh. <laughs> Poor one. Believe it or not. I but, mean, you know, you think think about it. You know, you're, you're sitting on in an ambush. You know, you're, all, you're, you're hiding on a trail, and then, you know, at nighttime. You know, waiting for, you know, North Vietnamese patrols to go by and the bushes start rustling. Oh, God. What do you think happens? Yeah, because you don't know. Everybody opens up. Yeah. You know? That was poor. And then, then in the morning you go and say, hey, dinner. You know, yeah, you're like, <laughs> you <know>? well. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the buffalo have PTSD too. Yeah. <laughs> just... yeah, because they still had rice fields and all that stuff, but the buffalo are just wandering. 
Yeah. Nobody was tending the fields or, you know, but they had a, you know, originally been, you know, hamlets and villages and, you know, vegetable roads. Yeah. And, you know, and all that. So it was all overgrown. And, but those cleared you know, out. But the animals that were, you know, abandoned, you know, like, like when they moved all the people, they didn't, you know, bring in cattle cars to take the, the animals with them. They just paid they them, just, you know, here's 50 bucks for your buffalo, go. You know, and they, you know, flew oh, wow. down south. That's, that's interesting. I guess, I mean, it doesn't take anything away from whatever you saw, but we're like when you, this is a weird question. I guess, were you thankful that at least you weren't part of having to see, like when you hear the stories of like people seeing kids get blown up or is it like, it's all, it's people dying. It, people dying is people dying. Yeah. That's what, okay. Another um, horrible, you know, horrible to say also, you know, better that than, you know, my best friend. Yeah. Well, it's like, that's you what know, you. I mean, it's horrible for a child to, you know, get killed. But then you think like. Especially in, in, in a war they have no part in. Yeah. You know, they have nothing to gain, nothing to lose. You know, yeah, but when, yeah. You know, these are villages that, you know, don't even know what the word political means. Yeah. So they weren't part of any of that. They were just being railroaded around like sheep. So it was you just. Know. So I always felt bad for them. Yeah, actually. of course. But it's also just like, here's my friends around me. Here's my. Right. Okay. So. Hmm. Did a lot of. I'm trying to think of how I'm trying to phrase this. So you're in these like tiny groups of people. When well, not these... so tiny groups. Now, now we went on missions. It would be like a three or four or five day mission. And then okay. we'd come back and be with a regular unit of okay. you know, a company of 160 guys. And then I turned right back into a regular, you know, a regular Marine. I went out on patrols. Actually, I was a grenadier. I carried an M79 and a 45 caliber pistol. Oh, wow. Except when I went out on my recon missions. On a recon mission, I carried an M16. Yeah. And that's when you're scoping things out to right. report back. Exactly. And, you know, you're. Your job is not to engage. Yeah, you're like, you don't want to be seen. Right, exactly. Did you ever end up engaging in those instances? Oh, absolutely. Yeah? Sure, sure. there were times we got discovered before we even got there. I mean, oh, they wow. had a really good network of stuff, too. Yeah. You know? I heard I they mean, had... We, we were setting ambushes for them. They were setting ambushes for us. And like I said, they had all the same, you know, intelligence. They had all the same weaponry we had. Yeah. Uh, it was it was a fair fight. No yeah. No about it. It wasn't like we were chasing guys around in pajamas like they were down in the south. Oh God! You know, not that that was any better, you know. No, com- but combat it's is combat. Yeah, yeah. But you know, when you see a guy in black pajamas and a you know a, a rice hat and a gun from the French 1940s, yeah, you, you're not as afraid as you are, you know, a guy with a of knowing you know, that there's someone out there right, probably doing the same thing you're doing. And, and you know, grenades and flak jackets and helmets and you know, yeah, and they're like they could be hiding out here with yeah, us. They had tanks. They had jets. You know, yeah, we, we, we got strafed by jets. We got shot at by tanks. Yeah, it was you know. Did you like see people get like blown up by jets? Yeah. Oh man. Well, you know, a, a twenty millimeter round coming out of a jet going four hundred some odd miles an hour hits a human body. Yeah, I you know, mean, just think about it. I mean, it's the bullet is this big. That's you know, and that fat around. That's just gotta like obliterate uh, someone. You, can't see you that, know, I can see it, but. <laughs> They were big bullets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like the thickness of a, like a small dick, you guys. Yeah. Uh, wow. Okay. So. Well, it depends on your interpretation of small. Yeah, I know. Now I'm saying that, and I'm like, actually, that's really relative. That's a that's pretty thick. So you guys, it doesn't matter. It's. Have you ever held a microphone? It's kind of. No, uh, maybe not. <laughs> no. <laughs> I've seen your show. Oh God. <laughs> so I know what you mean. <laughs> um. 
Okay, Tet. Yes. Can you explain that a little? Well, Tet was the North Vietnamese uh, attempt to overrun major cities in South Vietnam. Okay. And Way was the ancient Vietnamese capital for a thousand years. Yeah. And that's where they had all the temples and, you know. Religious. Yeah, and it was a big city. Yeah. So and then, but they did it not just at Way, which was just a, a big city. They did it all the large cities in Vietnam: Saigon and Dong Ha and Quang Tri and Phu Bai and I mean all the all big of cities. them. Yeah. They, and, and and their plan was to do it uh, during the New Year, during their New Year's, where they, you know, every year they did sort of a an unspoken truce. Ah. You know, like we didn't attack them during the Tet. For like oh, so they're that. like, out of respect, we don't attack you. And then exactly. they're like, just you and, wait. And they use that opportunity to try and invade, you know, and fortunately. So there's no they, more like war courtesy. Fortunately, they didn't do so well. That's, so you came back right as that was happening? Yeah. Four yeah. days before. Ah. We, we got back to Vietnam and, and that was and the shit hit the fan, so to speak. That was post- Philippines or post when you were in Japan? Post Philippines. Okay. Had you sustained any in- injuries at that point, no. like major? No. Had nope. you uh, no. lost? I got there on Halloween of 67, like okay. I said. And I, the first time I was wounded was March 5th, 1968. 68? And was that the gunshots? Yes, that was the gunshots. Okay. So then they take you to Japan. And then first I went to a field hospital in Fubai. Okay. It was just tense and, yeah. you know. Like you see on MASH, literally. Yeah, wow. And then from there, I went to, uh, they were supposed to be sending me home because I had multiple wounds. Yeah. They usually send you home. You know, and I would go and do training for other guys coming over, that kind of stuff. But when I was in Japan, they sent me from Japan to Okinawa. And from Okinawa, I was supposed to go to Hawaii and then back home. And then but they were like. They gave me a little, you know, ceremony on the parade deck. Gave yeah. Me the- a purple heart. They're took like, took you, my crutches away from you me. You did your time, and they're like, Get took back my out crutches there. from me and escorted me to a plane. It was that brutal. Took your crutches from you. Took my crutches from me. They're like, you can't hide on <laughs> crutches, kid. On both legs. And, and did you know that was coming, or was it no, just like, absolutely not? I, wow. I said, what? This isn't. Were right. you like, what and the fuck? I said, ah, sorry, I had a critical MOS. You got to go back. No waiting for you. How did that make you? I mean, were you just? Well, yeah. At the time, I was nineteen. No, no. I just turned 20. Yeah. So. Uh, Could you guys drink at that time? No. I got back from Vietnam. I couldn't get a beer for a year. What I a nightmare. I couldn't go in a bar and get a beer for a year. When you it was were. ridiculous. Yeah. You're it like, was. It was silly. Can I just have a drink? They wouldn't even let me in. Yeah. Oh, because you. The doorman wouldn't even let me in. Wow. You know, all my friends would be going to a club. You know, we'd be going out partying and. Uh, nope. Nope, you're not 21? No, nope, you're not 21. When you were in the... So I would show them my military ID and say, well, I just got back from Vietnam. I can't go in with my buds and just hang, you know, drink water? Nope. And like, nope. They didn't, nope. They didn't care at all. Yeah. No respect for... Of her. course, there were some places that I did get in. Yeah, but, yeah. You know. But overall... But most, mostly, no. Were you... So in the course of being over there, because I know you said when, when you first got there, when you first enlisted... The protesting and stuff was just barely getting started. It wasn't even. There was, yeah, it wasn't going I, I, on. It yeah, was like people I had never were still. Seen any of it. Go it was, America. It was all support. Yeah, it was all rah rah. So, did you realize in the time you were over there? Did you have a change of yeah, heart we, about like we we, we got a, a publication called the Stars and Stripes? Ah, you know, we would get that ad drop to us. Propaganda. We were, you know, once a month. Yeah. You know? Well, it was from you know there would you know Bob Hope 
Show, oh, okay. You know, you know explain when he was going to be there and when all the all the USO stuff, the USO stuff exactly. News from home, what's yeah. going on in the states, and I I, I guess it was uh, in the summer of '68 yeah. that I started seeing you know really what was going on back in the states. Did that and, stuff uh, include the protest, or did they like try to the, leave it out? No, they they included it. Okay. Yeah, the Stars and Stripes was independent. It wasn't. Oh, okay. It wasn't military. military. Right. Right. They. Deliberately did that so that the military didn't get the sense of everything and yeah, they actually they get a sense of what was tried. going on. Because don't forget, we were writing home to our folks and, you know, we'd get letters back and some guys that actually get their hometown newspapers. Yeah. You know, and you would see, you know, all the protests and the riots and. Yeah, so they couldn't just be like. On and we were, you know, you know, oh, fuck this. You know, that sucks. Nobody better spit at me when I get home. Oh, yeah, because you're reading about that and you're <laughs> yeah. like, I'm out here like getting shot at yeah. and now like I'm not even going to. And I'm the bad guy. Uh, you're you like, I'm just doing my job. I yeah. I signed yeah. up to fight right. for my country. Um, But then like in the course of reading that and then like race relations and stuff, did you start to I know you said you didn't re-enlist. So at some point you were you like, wait, fuck this. No, it, <laughs> it was that the race relations were getting bad where we were. Oh, wow. You know, guys, you know, guys, you know, younger than me were joining after me, obviously, you know, a couple yeah. of years after me. And they were all part of that initial protesting. And yeah. So when they got there, a lot of them were not, you know, obeying orders. Yeah. Because they were drafted, you know, probably. Who is you that? to tell me what to do? No, they weren't drafted. Oh, they were in the Marine Corps. Ninety-five percent of Marines. Oh, Marines enlisted. isn't a draft. They drafted Marines for about two years during the Vietnam War. Okay, but I fortunately didn't run into a whole lot of them. Yeah, you know, almost everyone I was served with in Vietnam was a volunteer. Okay, they, you know they joined on their own. There so, were some, you know, every now and then we we we'd have a a draftee, and I, actually we had two or three of them when I j- went to boot camp. Yeah, and boy, they didn't do well. Oh, uh, well, yeah, because it's like, on them. you don't want to be in my Marine Corps. Well, it's like, yeah. no, I, I got drafted. I, <laughs> right. I didn't sign up for this. But back then, the Marine, you know, in the Marine Corps, back then in boot camp, the drill instructor had no problem punching you right. Yeah, you were allowed to do that. You, you could know. just like. Well, I don't know that it was allowed, but. But they don't, happened. didn't give a yeah. shit. Right. Yeah. Nobody, nobody ever had the nerve to call them on it or sue them or yeah. you know, like they do now. Because they're just like so scared of them. Yeah. Now, now, you know, they go to rifle training and they come back to the barracks and get quiet time. And you're like, what? You know, what the <laughs> hell? <laughs> like, must be nice. Um, so there were people enlisting and then they still weren't like... Yeah. Oh, uh, was that like some sort of active protest? Like, I'm going to go over there and not... Well, it was, you know... Uh, you Seems know, interesting. They, they would be assigned to a patrol or to a night ambush and if they didn't want to do it, you know, they were using that to, you know, oh, you're picking on me because I'm black. Or, you know. Oh, and so like... And it started to get bad. You know? Okay. And then there was a lot of incidents of what what's called fragging. Okay. And that wasn't just a black thing. That was disgruntled Marines. Yeah, yeah. You know, they, you know, they would be, you know, mad at their commanding officer of their unit. Yeah. So in the middle of the night, they throw a grenade into his hooch. Holy shit! You know, fragmentation grenade, and they called it fragging. And act, they actually had a name for it. They would like blow up their own people. Yeah. Or like just disgruntled yeah. Marines. So it was like. Yeah. The race relations bled into that, and then just people being angry in general. Exactly. Uh, well, you know that you know that that, that kind of anger is contagious, unfortunately. Of course, it's like I it it. You know, and it, and it, you know the white guys started doing the same thing. Yeah. You know, they didn't want to do stuff, so they would start you know obeying their orders. Yeah. So well, they, and then it's like this. And I mean, that disturbed me. Yeah, well, because you're like, are we just going to all turn on each other? Right, and, and and then aside from that, you know, I got out in uh, 
December of 1968. Yeah. I actually got out a couple of days before I was supposed to. I wasn't supposed to get out until January, but okay. just after Christmas. I, I think I, I think I got like 12 days cut off my entire three years. Nice. And uh, what were we talking about? Um, what was I talking about? This is fun. Yeah. I was like, is it? I was like, is it? I don't want you to be having like flashies and be like, I'm going back. Um, What's just so interesting that like, because race, it's not just with war, but like, because race is a real issue. It's always this. People are mistreated. And then it's like, if this person genuinely thinks that they're being mistreated because of this, and then there's just that gray area of. No, I'm just I'm just telling you your orders, and it's oh, like I, I know what I was going to say. It was you know I got out in you know late December of 1968, and I knew that you know if I reenlisted, not only would I have to deal with all this, you yeah, know, the, the, the race, but stuff then it's like fragging, you're, but there was no end in sight to the war at that time. That's what I was going to ask. So you know, I there was a good chance I'd go home for three or four months and then get reassigned to Vietnam again. So at this point, you like when you went in as a 17-year-old, you're like we're going to end this war and we're going to finish the job and come home. Yeah, World War 2 is what? 4 years? We figured, yeah. you know, we're already 2 or 3 years into it, you know. Yeah, so by the time years, you know when I get over there, I'll straighten this thing out. Be know? done, we'll come back, there'll be we'll a parade. I'll be a hero. Yeah, absolutely. And and the world will but be unfortunately, restored. Unfortunately, that's not the way it went. You know, it went on, dragged on until 1975. Yeah. So from 1968 to 1975, there's a good chance I could have done three more tours. Yeah. So in the yeah. course of you being over there, you realized. And, 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 you know, don't get me wrong. You know, I was a Marine and I was brave and all that stuff. Yeah. But the thought of that, having to go back there two or three more times was frightening. Well, because you, it was I quite mean. quite terrifying. You saw so much within 13 months, exactly. right? Like Exactly. Okay, so by the time you re-enlistment came around, you were like, this is, you felt there was no end in sight. Right. Do you, I know I know they're completely different, but do you feel like, uh, this was actually a question someone, uh, one of the listeners had, but with Afghanistan, it was sort of had this like endless, unwinnable war feel. Do you feel like that was sort of like a repeat of history? Well, it, it, it is an unwinnable war. Yeah. There's no question about it. I mean, it's been going on for, what, 12, 14 years now? I mean, yeah, it's been going it's, on for a really long time. Yeah. You, know, you, you can't go to war without a plan, and that's unfortunately seems to be what we do all the time. Or we're just like, we'll just start a war, and then they'll yeah, back exactly. down because they'll be like, yeah. don't go to war with us. Um, Did you have... <laughs> okay, so what are, like, what are all the... Indi- it, so you got shot twice. Well, actually, I was wounded five different times. I was going to say, let's talk about all the wounds. <laughs> well, three of them let's I didn't even report. Wounds. I got shrapnel in my back. I got shrapnel in my arm. Yeah. And I got bit by a rat. You got bit by a rat? <laughs> yeah. And then had to get rabies shots, which oh. was really a drag. Oh, I heard those are so painful. Do they do shots in your stomach? Yes. And back then, it had to be refrigerated, so they had to fly it in every day. Oh. Well, in Vietnam, they have this little thing called the monsoon season. Oh, no. And at, at certain times, you can't the choppers fly. can't fly. <gasps> so one time I had a series of 11 shots. Oh. And I had like three shots left, and they couldn't fly in. So I had to start the series over. You just had to start from, take it from the start top? Start from scratch. Like, like, no, you have to have all, you can't one. just like have the three later. Well, I, no, the, the military wouldn't let you. They didn't, you know, they didn't want to take the chance you developing rabies right well that's nice that that's one place they drew a line but you know we were in some of these you know we'd come across some of these outposts where you know marines had been 
years ago. Yeah. And of course, you know, all the sea ration remnants and, you know, all the food stuff that, you know, were there, the colonies of rats had, you know, overtaken all these places. So we were sleeping in them. And in the middle of the night one time, I felt something on my chest. On you. I went to flick it off and of course it panicked and, and, my hand, and now I'm banging it on oh my god my oh my god so I'm yelling I'm rat bite rat bite oh my god so the corpsman comes over and he looks at it and he's oh go back to sleep we'll fly you out in the morning and you're like so okay between then and the next morning decided not to fly me out but to fly the medicine in <laughs> oh wow like, again, we're gonna need you. Again, a lucky stroke for me. Yeah, yeah. They're like <laughs> instead of going back to the ship and you know living the life for a couple of days. You know. Yeah, they're like getting a break. They're like, nah, you could stay and fight with yeah, rabies. So they sent me to a fire base. You know, it'll I probably be good for us. One hundred five howitzers that were shooting up into North Vietnam, and mm-hmm. I got to play pinochle with the commanding officer for a few months. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> but still had to go out on patrols. Of course, know, I was recon trained, so every night they would send me out on a patrol or an ambush or. It's whatever. fine if you get rabies, you can just bite the enemy. Yeah. <laughs> just be back here. At eleven o'clock, when the chopper comes in to get you shot, yeah, and the guy would literally jump off the chopper, give, give you a you shot. Know, there were like five guys there when I was there that had bitten, I had to do a oh wow bitten by rats in different parts of the country, and <laughs> they would come in on the chopper and they would have these glass syringes, and they would give you a shot in your belly, and they did it in a clock clock oh all around your belly button. That's did it leave and a scar then, or anything? No, no, it was a needle, it's just a, a needle, shot. just like a yeah. shot. You, you got a shot, and you got your 12 shots, and then 10 days later, you got your booster. Booster, and okay. Was, and then you were done. Okay. Well, I, I missed twice, so I did like 11, and then I think I did five, and then I did the whole thing. And you had to do the whole thing. And then I did the whole God. thing. God. I ended up with like 30-some-odd shots. That sounds so <laughs> painful in the yeah. stomach. It was. So interesting, yeah. It was. So, I mean, I've had shots in my butt and my mm. arm, and... And, and I didn't get worse. bit by the rat until like July. So oh, this wow. Was after, you know, all of the other stuff. Wounded several times. So you've you know? been shot, you got shrapnel. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, they, they've determined, well, they haven't determined, but they say the g- biggest possibility of my hepatitis C. Because you have hepatitis C. Was from those syringes that they were using, you know, the glass syringes. So they would take this, them back and wash them out and, and but, just reusing you know, them. What kind of, you know, sanitary. Sanitary. You know stuff that they have. Oh wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. You know, I mean, they would take them back to the ship and they would, you know, clean them up and steam them or do whatever they do. But obviously, not enough. Didn't always work because you know I developed hepatitis C. You developed he- hepatitis C, and that's what they think it was from. What's that? And that's what. How yes. long yeah. uh, after? Thirty the, years. Th- Thirty years is when it popped up. Yep. Because I know it can like lay dormant. Thirty or... years. Imagine that. Wow, and yeah. then all of a sudden. Yeah. Were you working in a restaurant at that time? I know you like owned restaurants. No, I think I was still working at the post office at that time. Okay, because I was like, is that a thing I with worked, restaurants? That's one of the reasons I got retired from the post office was because I was taking off so much work to get treatment at the VA for my hepatitis C. Ah, oh, the VA. You know, that was, you know, I had to do the uh, interferon. That was before this new product protocol I have. I had to do the interferon, which I had to give myself an injection in my leg Jesus. every day for 14 months. Actually, uh-huh. actually, we went on a cruise. We went on a Mediterranean cruise. I had to bring my you had medicine to bring your shots. Me, bring my medicine. It had to be refrigerated, so I had to give it to the ship's doctor. And oh then wow! Instead of giving myself a shot on the cruise, I had a pretty nurse give me a shot. Like I'm really living buffets, and somebody else gives yeah. me my leg shot for my hepatitis C. <laughs> ah, the good life. Oh wow! And then about a year after that, they found a tumor on my lung about the size of a lemon. Jesus! So I had to remove that and a pie section out of the lower lobe of my left lung. And did they think that that might have come from something and else or just... That was from Agent Orange. Life. Oh, okay. So Agent Orange... I'm telling you, I was the luckiest son of a gun I in the know, world I know, you got there. all of it. everything. Hey, you're still here. <laughs> still, 
You just are you. You just won't die. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> okay, so Agent Orange, can you explain that like a little how that was used? Uh, it was a chemical you know, a herbicide. Yeah, it was an herbicide, and what it did is they would drop it just like you, you know. You see the five the fire guys going over the forest yeah. fires, dropping the big buckets of water. Yeah. Well, they did that with Agent Orange, just recklessly. And what it would do <laughs> is it would just strip all the trees of all its foilage, so wow. the bad guys couldn't hide. Oh, so you know, you'd go to an area that was Agent Orange, you know, two weeks ago. All the foliage is dead, and then you just got a bunch of sticks there. But because that mm-hmm. stayed in the air, or just because they had no? Because they dropped it right on us. Because they, was yeah, they were like in it many times. They didn't think like <laughs> right. Well, if this is killing trees, it can't be good for people. <laughs> right. But they're like, ah, screw it. Right. Casualties yep. of war. Yep. That that was their trade-off. Ah. You no, know, that was their trade-off. And then you know, you've heard about Agent Orange. I yeah. Mean, no, of course. Of course. But, you know, what people don't realize, there was also Agent Purple, Agent Black, and Agent White. There really was? Yes. They're just all different chemicals? All different chemicals to kill, you know, plants and... Allegedly the plants. poison rivers and... Poison uh, rivers. Well, they didn't want the bad guys to have water. To have water. You know, stuff like that. We had all our water sent in. So, oh, wow. So they're dropping all those chemicals on you guys. Yeah. And Agent Orange just has the best PR vehicle. Yeah. Agent Orange just sounds It was the only one that, you know, caught on, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay, so coming home. Uh, this is, yeah, okay, let's talk about how. Well, I'll tell you how bad it was when I was coming home. Yeah. We weren't allowed to wear our uniforms. Because they're like, don't, don't. Right. We had to wear civilian clothes from Hawaii to back to the U.S. Because we people were so awful to soldiers. Because they didn't want us to have to experience any of that stuff. It's like you've already gone through so much, you right. don't need to get spit Although on by really an angry it, hippie. It turned out that didn't really matter because at every airport on the West Coast, they had groups of people that just slept there. And everybody and that protested. was under 30 getting off a plane that could be of military age was... Harassed. Uh, harassed, exactly. So it's just like... Because to me, I get... I actually had you know two girls come up to me and a guy, hippies, yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with being a hippie because I turned into a big time. Yeah, I was like, I'm headed to, I'm, I'm a hippie now. <laughs> you know, but uh, they came up to me and I told them, you don't want to do this. And I was fortunate enough to just walk right by it. Like, just don't. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just don't. Well, it's just so interesting because. Because I wouldn't have been kind. No, it's like, back then, you just I mean, got. Look at my pictures. I mean, I you were. Stone cold killer. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> you, know? you guys got to see yeah. these. He's yeah. a badass. Ripping a head off and shitting down their neck meant nothing to me back then. Yeah, you're like, know. also, it's like you just gotten off yeah, of a took, plane. It took me a long time to get over that. <gasps> oh, I'm sure. Well, it's like you had to have that mentality for yeah. war. Yeah. And then to come home after you've been fighting for your country and then have people just be mean to you. Yeah. But, you know, in, in, in an effort to, you know, shed all that stuff i did some pretty silly things when i got home i mean i was 20 years old i married the first girl i met yeah you're like let me, so were you just trying to dive in and be like let me forget about that part of my exactly. life yeah oh wow let me, let me try to get some normal things in my life you know get married have a kid you know have a nice job you know a car and and all that stuff and you know that all lasted you know the the marriage only lasted 13 months <laughs> just uh, like your time and, and i had a you got a pattern yeah really <laughs> and i had a daughter yeah. You know, and that, you know, went to pot. You know, yeah. Literally. <laughs> Excuse the pun, but, <coughs> but you know, that, that went downhill real quick. And then I got involved in the drugs and I was a heroin addict and I was on a methadone program. And oh, I wow. started shooting speed and I was smoking pot, you know, every day, you know, 
all the time. Well, was it I hard still to do that? Well, yeah, but pots, <laughs> pots, good for you as long as you're. Yeah. If it's just pot and you're yeah. smoking it correctly, yeah. and Pe- people laugh at me, you know, and say, "Oh, yeah, you, yeah, you, you use it as part of your therapy." Well, I actually do. Yeah, you know. I, Let's I, talk I, about. I, oh, I want to talk about that because. Well, the VA is always wanting to give me, you know, oxycontin or you know. Demerol or, they, you know, all It's these, like they want you to get strung want out. want me to get strung. You know, I already experienced, you know, opioids. You yeah. Know? You're like, I did that. On the black market. Yeah. I, already, I know what they do. And don't tell me that if I do it right, you know, you, you won't get addicted. That That's bullshit. It's bullshit. No, they're you built know? to there, get addicted. There's nobody that doesn't get addicted that does it for, you know, a period of time. Well, and when you came back, PTSD wasn't really... I mean, it was. I mean, of course, it was a thing, but it wasn't like a recognized. Well, I certainly didn't know anything about it. Yeah, I didn't acknowledge it until 1997. Yeah. So, were you having? I mean, not realizing it was PTSD, but you were obviously experiencing like post-war, what like post-Vietnam syndrome. I had major anger issues. Yeah. You know, I went from you know zero to a hundred. Immediately. Immediately. Just anything could set you off? Anything could set me off. Yeah. You know? Did you ever have flashbacks? Uh, yes, but I always turned them into something else. Yeah. You know? You- and, you know, I said, well, you know, what the heck was that? And, you know, I'd, I'd wake up in the middle of the night really scared. Oh, wow. You know, not knowing why. Yeah. And, you know, after, you know, I got schooled on PTSD, I realized for all those years that that's what that was. That that's what that yeah, was, is that you're just, yeah. little things set off anxiety yeah. triggers. I never had any actual dreams of like being in combat. Ah. But I would wake up sweating and just terrified. So it's like maybe you had... Just terrified. Had a, yeah. And, but I couldn't remember... Remember the dream. dreams. I couldn't remember a dream that caused that. You just woke up and you were in that moment. Just, wow, where the hell did that come from? And I, I never associated it with... Yeah. You know, PTSD or with my service in Vietnam. No, you're just like, I just had a sweaty night. Right. It wasn't until, you know, right when I was retiring from the Marine Corps and I was getting all that treatment for the hepatitis C out at the Veterans Administration that they sent me to a psychiatrist and that went another lucky break for me. I (laughs) put me in a nut ward for seven weeks. Oh, no. (laughs) Yes, I was. Did they they put you in a psych ward? Yep. Why was there like a big event? Did you like snap? No, no. They just, you know, thought you needed treatment. Diagnosed me with PTSD and I did all the group therapy and we lived we all lived together and we all told our stories and so it was it was like it was one of those like this will be good for you it was good was it good for you it yeah was very good because you hear like yeah. psych ward and you go it like ah good. you're locking me away but then if the treatment is yeah. my, good my anger problems almost completely went away wow i still have episodes don't yeah. get me wrong it doesn't completely go away but i don't snap over, I mean, South could tell you, you know, when I was working at the post office, you know, they didn't mess with me. Yeah. You know, if I got crazy, they told me go home. Yeah, they're like, we don't need you, you know. going postal. I mean, I, they liked me when I was there. And yeah. Me, but they didn't like the Vietnam guy. The you know. the snaps. Nor yeah. did I. <laughs> He's like, yeah, no, I don't like you that know? part of me. I, I just mean, like. There was, a, there, there, there was a lot happening with my self-esteem then, too, was, you know, I'm a Marine. I can, you know, that's not going to get the best of me. Oh, yeah, you're like, kinda, I'm a tough guy. I was guy. really conflicted. You know? Oh, yeah, that's got to be so hard. because I'm not going to get treatment from no stupid nut doctor. I'm, I'm not nuts. I'm not nuts. I'm a know? man. I'm yeah, like the stigma of mental doctor. illness <laughs> in general, let alone when you're like uh, from a war veteran. But it was, you know, it, it was a good seven weeks for me. 
Yeah. You know, I got a lot off my chest and learned a lot about myself and yeah. You know, and, and I learned some techniques that I use to this day. Yeah. You know, for like controlling. Like it used to be for for a long time I couldn't ride behind a bus. Really? Because of the smell of the diesel fuel. <gasps> it was and like a trigger. They connected it to Vietnam. The trigger oh. was Vietnam. Every vehicle in Vietnam was used diesel fuel. Wow. So that was just lingering in the air all the time. And you were like So subconsciously You didn't that, know what it was. You were just no like, idea. I can't be behind this bus. I had no idea. I hate it. Yep. Oh yep, exactly. And just just having that connection made helped. You went Absolutely. Oh. Absolutely. Okay. Now I go looking for buses. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the bus? But it but it, it, it doesn't even enter my mind anymore. Yeah. I'm behind the bus and I, I still smell the diesel fuel. Yeah, they my, say a lot of times once you factories is still, you know, functioning and I still smell the diesel fuel, but it doesn't, you know, I, I have techniques that I can use to, you know. You can go, this is just a bus. This is just a bus, exactly. This is not Vietnam. Exactly. They say that. So a lot of times people will see me in my car talking and they say, look at crazy son of a bitch talking to himself. Well, I'm talking myself down. <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> hey, self-soothing is real. I yeah. feel like I wish there was less of a stigma of talking to yourself because I think it's actually really helpful. It's a very lot. helpful. Yeah. It really is. Uh Wow. So You're not just talking to yourself in your head out loud. Out loud. Mm-hmm. No, I, I do it. Yeah. I if people could see the way I work on material sometimes in my room, I'm just having conversations out. It's like uh-huh. it's it, your mouth helps filter all the thoughts. Yeah. It's just like yeah. there's so much going on in your brain sometimes that this is like And oh well I'm sure in your case a lot of times when you hear it oh well okay, wait a second. Yeah. Let me change that a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like okay, how does this how to make it funny let me, which let me use my words here. Yeah, this is obviously a different than using it as a coping mechanism. Yeah. But um, do you notice now? Uh, so that what you said ninety six is when you ninety seven ninety seven. Yeah. So you were just like so from sixty eight twenty plus years of almost thirty years of 30 years. just existing. Yeah, man. Yep, and you know, I, I remarried. Uh, let me see. I, I, I was married the first time in August of 1969. Yeah. Do you think some of your anger issues played divorced. into it not working, or it just and wasn't a good I fit? I was divorced uh, in <laughs> uh, September of 1970. So wow. Th- Thirteen months, and then I got married again in 1986. Oh, that's a big gap. Yeah, she only lasted eleven months. Oh well, marriage is for was the birds. Here. Yeah, I was actually working here at the post office, and I met a girl that was working with my sister. Oh, okay. And I ended up marrying her. And actually, when I was married to her is when I got the job at the post office. Oh, wow. 1986. Was it hard for you to get jobs coming back? No. No. Actually, I had a job within 10 days of being home. I got a job on Wall Street. Oh. Working in in, uh, uh, stock authorization. Uh, back then, everything was done by hand. Everything was written oh, by hand. Oh, wow. So when I worked in what they call stock transfer. So when somebody wanted to sell stock, they would have to sign the back of the, the actual stock certificate. Oh, my God. That's so funny. And it would so come funny. to our office, and we would have to verify it. Oh, wow. And, I, so, and I would, they, they put me in an office, and there was a big clock literally right in front of my desk. Like, oh, God. Like 10 feet away. So, of course, I got there the first day, 9 o'clock, and I'm working my ass off, and I'm working my ass off. And just like the cartoon, I look up, it's 9.20. And you're like, what? You gotta be kidding. I gotta get the so fuck my out buddy, of here. <laughs> my buddy, who I talked into joining the Marine Corps, <laughs> so he's like, thanks get, a so lot. So I could get an extra five days leave on my boot leave. <laughs> you talk so you're like, to, you should do this. It's like a referral yep, bonus. Yep. And he joined the Marine Corps. He went to Vietnam. Guy got shot more times than me. Got a silver star, two purple hearts. 
But he lived? Up, yeah, yeah, he's still alive. Yeah. He ended up working for the VA and got his master's degree and oh, great. VA crap. And uh, he just retired, actually. Yeah? He's like 71. He's oh, wow. He's a half older than me. Oh, well, that's, that's good that he made a career out of it. And he, and he every opportunity, reminds me of it. <laughs> you know, thanks like, a lot <laughs> you did this to me you asshole for five days leave you sold out your best friend <laughs> you gave me this entire life it's like you <laughs> loved it <laughs> now uh was the va helpful coming back the va is great yeah you know you hear a lot of crap about it and, you do you know uh, i've been fortunate i didn't experience it yeah i actually used the va when i was still living back in new york and i was a heroin addict oh and they helped you i signed myself into the bronx va hospital and uh, yeah, they got me on what they called methadone. Methadone. So they do program. And I was on a methadone program for two years, got myself cleaned up, and then like an asshole went and started shooting speed. Oh, well, you know, got methamphetamines, and I was you like, know, I want to be high. I want to be up for a yeah, little while I now. Was downtown, now I'm uptown. You yeah. Know? You know that lasted for several years. Really. Yeah. Uh, and then I just finally woke up one day, and I'm in my 30s now, and I'm saying, oh. Crap! What am I going to do with my life? You know. I'm, yeah. You know, I'm like 35 years old. I have no retirement coming. I have nothing. Oh, there was no retirement. Well, I wasn't working. Oh. You know, I, you know once I, you know, I got a job, you know, at uh, Merrill Lynch, Pierce, Fenner, and Smith. That was the name of the. Firm oh wow. I got the job with. That, like I said, I, at lunchtime that first day, I told Vinny I'm not coming back. Yeah. And I never went back to that job. Yeah. And then a couple of days later, I got hired by Beechnut Baby Food. And I was a baby food salesman. I go around to all the different supermarkets and stock their shelves and oh, sell, wow. them, sell them baby food. And Beechnut had a bunch of different products. Tetley Tea, Martinson House Coffee. They had several different products. Oh, wow. And then uh, Gerber Baby Food came and recruited me from Beechnut. Look they at gave, you. They gave me a better car. They gave me a, a, an expense account where I had the checkbook and I would just write my expense check every week. Oh, wow. So, you know, I don't have to go into that, but you can imagine where that The fun that you have, yeah. Yeah. I, my first wife really loved it because she got a lot of really nice gifts. <laughs> She's like, I'll just expense it. We yeah. can do dinner every night. It's Who, a by the way, meeting. is really a very close friend still to this day. Oh, that's great. Did no. she help you through some of the... No. No. She didn't know about it. She didn't it wasn't, know. I didn't know about it. Yeah. You know? So all my anger and everything, we just thought it was me being an asshole. Yeah, it's just like, you're you just know? a mean man. Just a mean, angry person, yeah. Oh, that yeah. must have been nice to like realize, you're like, oh, this isn't who I am. This is... Yeah. Unless you, you're like, I wanted to be a mean guy. Well, it's exhausting being a mean guy. Yeah, I was being angry all the time. You know, it drains you. It's exhausting, yeah. You're just waiting for the next snap. You know? Yeah, and you and, and sometimes you probably you're like don't know where it's coming and, and, from, and of course, very sorrowful and regretful after every one, after every episode. Yeah, you, know, you beat yourself up. Like, I didn't you know, mean to. That's why to. I was talking to you about you know my self esteem. You know what am I? Am I just going to be an asshole my whole life? Yeah, you're like is this and who I am? Fortunately, you know the I say fortunately, but you know we had the episode with the the lung operation, had the lung removed, and then while I was there, they sent me to see the shrink. Oh, and so, th so you didn't even like willingly seek that out. No, it was like, no, 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 no. They at no. this point yeah. maybe had a little more now, you know, I, knowledge of it. I, I, I need to uh, go back just a little bit. When I first got back from Vietnam, yeah, the VA contacted me and said I might be eligible for some benefits. Okay, and I turned. I said I don't want any benefits. Oh, so you were like, you know? shove them up your ass. Shove it up your ass. Exactly. I don't need your benefits. And then I finally did go in because they said they were going to give me some money. Oh, you're like, well, if there's you money. Know, and, and by now, I'm using drugs. Yeah, you're like, I need speed. Like, okay. No, it was still Oh, heroin. this was heroin. Okay. This before. <laughs> so I went down to see the VA doctor in New York, and he had me, 
he looked at my record and he said, well, I'm sorry, but we have no uh, record of a complaint of or treatment for any gunshot wounds. What? I said, what? <laughs> that's exactly what I said. There was said, no record of your shots? That's what the doctor said. And I said, well, where do you think? You think I got shot in Central Park? Although people do get shot in Central Park. I didn't. <laughs> you know, and I still got an AK-47 around in my leg. You, know, you can see it on your x-ray. Yeah. Said, well, it's just not here. Well, I, they had lost my records. They had been transferred somewhere else. And eventually, a couple of years later, they find my records. They call me back in. They that's give me a check weird. for 3500 bucks. And I thought, I'm a millionaire now. Oh, yeah. And a drug addict. 3500 bucks. Of course, a week later, me and all my buds are strung out of your mind. Stoned out of our minds and broke. Yeah. So, yeah Sounds like drugs. But anyway, then after that, the monthly check started coming, which at the time was 10%, which then was $19 a month. Oh, wow. What a big deal. But then in 1997, when I went back in, they re-rated me at 100%. Ah. Oh. Now wow. It's three, now it's three grand a month. <laughs> hey, party. What a waste. Now you're but, not even doing drugs anymore. But what did you lose in the, you know, well, yeah. not really a good trade off. You know, it's barely live, you know, it's barely a living wage. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. Well, I'm trying to think. That's so interesting that they lost your records. I mean, I'm just going all conspiracy you know, theorists. It's not as uncommon as you think. That's why I was like, you know? how convenient. And then I think maybe some people, when you hear the people who complain about the VA, yeah. that yeah. happens and they don't have, I mean, the, especially if you're struggling with mental illness, like having the mental capacity to like follow through on stuff like that yeah. sometimes is just like, okay, I guess I just don't get benefits. Well, I wasn't looking for benefits. They, they contacted me. Yeah, you're me. like, you called me. Yeah, you called me. I'm what'd just you, here what'd for my money. For? What'd you call me for? It's like, what do you want? And it turned out they were just getting in touch with all veterans, all yeah. Vietnam veterans, and making sure they didn't have any problems. Like, yeah, we don't want you giving us a bad rap. But anyway, like I said, they, you know, I said, okay, fine, goodbye. And wow. And two years later, I got another letter in the mail and said, you need to come back down. We found your records, and they went through everything, and they rated me at 10%. Oh, wow. That's so crazy. 10%. Yeah. And then they change it. You know, then one leg, you know, now one leg is 40%. One leg is 30%. Uh, 10% for the hepatitis C. 10% uh, for having the lung removed. Uh, and they got a funky math. And then 100% for PTSD. 100%. So actually, my disability rating is like 171%. I didn't even know that was a thing. Another 29% and I get extra money. <laughs> Do you want me to take you out? Yeah, really. A, a bat or something and be like, yeah, I don't know. Really. <laughs> a, a, a light fell on me <laughs> at, a, at the VA. <laughs> yeah. I'll sue. Um, wow. Okay. This is so fascinating. So from so you went to, they, they put you in a treatment program, like a psychiatric thing for seven weeks in the 90s. Uh -huh. Did they start you on... Any type of like pharmaceutical meds at that point? They did, and I still take Xanax. Xanax, okay. I get Xanax. I, um, I'm supposed to take it twice a day, but I don't. Yeah? I take one when I go to bed at night. Yeah, okay. And Does that help the, you sleep? During the day, every now and then, not very often, if I start feeling an anxiety attack coming on, because I can feel the trigger. Yeah, there, yeah. I run and I get, get a Xanax. Get a Xanax before it, it gets... And I take very low dosage. It's a 0.05 milligrams. That's good, because some doctors, they really jack people but up for on for years, they've been trying to get me to take, you know, stronger drugs for my pain. Yeah, you know, well, they do that. It's like they you want know. you to get addicted. When I had my lung removed, they had a... They went through my back, and they had a saw through my rib cage. God. And when they sewed me back up, you know, all the nerves don't, you know, connect properly. 
all the nerves don't <laughs> connect properly. properly. Yeah, you know? yeah. So now, still to this day, if I bump something Ooh. in my back, I get a really just sharp, sharp pain, pain that just goes right to my eyes. Goes through your. Oof. You know? Wow. But yeah, no, it's that's a slippery slope of taking yeah. pain meds because yeah. then you need them, right. you, and then you're strung out again. Mm-hmm. Oh wow. Yeah. Do you are you more aware of? I guess so. You said you take Xanax when you feel one coming on. Do you know things like other things like the diesel fuel from the bus that are are triggers that you just make a point to avoid or are okay with? I, I'm okay with a lot of it because I have techniques that I learned. Okay. On you know how to talk to myself, it's and like talk myself CBT, out of it, like and you know repeat to myself this isn't real or you know this isn't going to happen. You know that just that's not that doesn't make any sense. Just reassuring that like right, this is exactly. not yeah what you're. Mind right, is making right. it. Do you do you have trouble with loud noises? Not anymore. Okay. I did for yeah. for, for a long time. So I was like, I don't want to go to your fucking fireworks. Yeah. I did. I did for a long time. But uh, wow. And, and fireworks to me always seemed after Vietnam, always seemed uh, unnecessary. I. You know. I, I didn't get al- a thrill out of it. I have always hated fireworks. Fake explosions. That is what I call. It. Yeah. No, no, it's like they you know, are very jarring to me. Experiencing, you know, real explosions, which looks like the same thing. Yeah. But, you know, there's no bodies laying after fireworks show on the 4th of July. Yeah, it's just a bunch of you drunk know, people so passed so out I on the always, beach. I always, you know, put it down after I got back from, you know, it's like stupid fireworks. Is it dumb? Yeah, I've never liked them, and I've, I and can't now, imagine. now I'm completely ambivalent about it. I don't care. It doesn't matter. You don't matter. care about your stupid you know, celebrations. Yeah, you know. And if I see them, it doesn't bother me. I don't, you know, if I hear them, it doesn't bother me. Because I know 4th of July, there's going to be explosions. Yeah. You know, I know on New Year's Eve, there's going to be explosions. It's worse on him than it is on me. Oh, God, dogs I'm, I'm pointing fireworks. at my dog. Yeah, uh, it's <laughs> a cute dog, you guys, just sleeping right in front of us. Do you think that, uh, obviously no one having to go to war is lucky. Do you think that people nowadays that are enlisting and going to war as far as uh recovery options are a little bit more privileged because of the knowledge of ptsd and stuff i think that it happens sooner yeah they don't have to suffer as long yeah yeah you know they get treatment right away people go this is a thing you may not even realize you have learned they learned a lot from vietnam too though don't forget now when i left vietnam i was home at my dinner table like 36 hours later that's i was sitting at dinner Wow, my, with there's my no like my brother and my discharge dad. process. No, nowadays you don't come right from combat. They send you to Germany for a month, or they send you to England for a month. Oh, so you just kind of like so cool you, down. You, You're you working, but down. it's you get to wind down, right? You get to talk to other people that have just experienced the same thing as you. See, now when I get home, You're just alone. I'm alone. It's like here's yeah. your wife I or your family. I, I couldn't talk about anything that I just did when I was sitting at dinner with my family 36 hours after shooting a bunch of guys. Yeah. You know, it was. You just surreal. have to like pretend everything's normal. It was surreal. That's exactly. For years, I was pretending everything was normal. Was it? Not knowing I was pretending, but. Not knowing. You're just like, I'm just living my life, out, but. It turns out. You know, suppressing all that. It was. You know, after, you know, in, after going in treatment and, you know, learning about all this stuff and hearing other people's stories, saying, yeah, that happened to me. Oh, I know that feeling. Oh, yeah. That's got to be and cathartic. Then, you know, it was. It was. It was very, very good for me. Just knowing yeah. that, like, oh, other people are experiencing right. this. Yeah. I'm not crazy. My friends will tell you the same thing. Yeah. You know, they'll, they'll tell you it's day and night. Wow. Mm-hmm. Do you guys still, do you ever, like, I know you said, like, the, you have that 50th anniversary yeah, thing. Yeah, I've gone to one reunion. Are you going to go this time? I don't know yet. I'm debating. Yeah. Do you, I, I went to one in 2002. We had a reunion in uh, 
Savannah, Georgia. Oh, Savannah's a cute town. It was a fabulous town. Oh. Great walking town. Walking it's out to all so the cute. And yeah. All the parks. And we had a couple of things. And they took us on a bus to Paris Island. Oh, fun. With little recruits. And they renamed one of the rifle ranges after us. Oh. It was, you know. But, uh, but that's I didn't a... remember anybody. Yeah. I didn't remember one person's name. I still don't. Yeah. I couldn't tell you anybody's name. One guy, oh, Frank wow. Wilson. Frank Wilson, this guy, who turns out wasn't even in our unit. The day, oh. I got, the day I got shot, they took my squad and they attached us to another unit. And we went out on patrol. And, wow. You know, that's when I got shot. And this guy, Frank, who was the squad leader, Frank Wilson from Maryland, he got shot. He got shot through the jaw and it went down through his neck. And he was just spouting blood. And I'm holding oh. blood down. And he just died right there. Oh, wow. But he's the only name I remember. Remember, Frank Wilson. Yep. And actually, your Uncle Andrew went to Washington, D.C. one time, and he went to the wall. And he saw? And he traced the name for me. Frank Wilson. Oh. Yep. Wow, that's intense. You, wow, you don't remember and, anyone's and, name. And, you know, and for years, I looked in our, you know, the uh, records of our units. His name isn't mentioned anywhere. And then I, I got a thing that uh, they built a memorial for 2nd Battalion, 4th Marines at the Marine Corps Museum a couple of years ago. And it had all the names of all the guys that were wounded or killed in yeah. Vietnam. And, you know, our name from the uh, Marine Corps Museum. And his name isn't there. You must have felt crazy. I said, what the hell? Or, like, why would they forget about Frank? And then I found out he, was, I, you know, he wasn't I was, even in your I unit. I was attached to a different unit just for that day. Wow. And, you it's know, like the it's one guy you remember wasn't even in yeah, your unit. Yeah, so I couldn't, you know, look at it, you know, you know, but now I've I've since found out, you know, where he's buried and all that kind of stuff. Oh, that's nice. But I was at one time going to get in touch with his wife because now I, I was, my uh, squad was assigned to an, an, another company for the day and uh, we, well, for two days actually, and we did overnight, you know, in foxholes together. And he had just gotten mail from his wife, and he showed me a picture of his wife in her underwear. Oh, <laughs> and it just sticks in my head. It does. And, and I always wanted to, you know, go to Maryland and visit her and tell her. And again, I know you're single. I'm your kidding. My husband really loves you. I know. Oh, that's so hard. <sighs> yeah, when you, I guess it's like if you don't even remember each other, what do you? Just they all remembered me. <laughs> Huh? Plenty of them remembered me. Like, oh, this guy. You know? Oh, John, how you doing? Oh, what's going on in your life? And, yeah. And who are you? Yeah, right? Uh, who am I? You know? Did people ever, did anyone like bring up any stories that you're like, oh, we were? That's all they do. Yeah, they just talk about. Yeah, you know, that's the purpose of their reunions. Is to just get together and talk to about reminisce stuff. Reminisce. So were there, have there. the last thing I want to do. Yeah, you're like, I don't want to. No, so that's, no. that's, that's yeah. what I was thinking is like, okay, if it's a college reunion high school you reminisce you have these like fun, fun memories times, exactly i don't yeah, know exactly. like remember when we yeah. remember when frank died like what do you what <laughs> yeah oh it's you know, just like, a bunch you know, of men crying you know remembering died though yeah you know, about you know when this guy got killed and sergeant major milner got blown up and this guy got shot and you know jim livingston got a you know medal of honor and jay vargas got a medal of honor and you know the battle you know yeah you know, hand-to-hand combat and the who wants to remember and relive all that yeah. crap? I mean, you know, I guess I certainly don't. I guess people you know? heal differently, and maybe yeah. for some people, talking about it makes them feel but, you less know, isolated. Or and you know, n- n- nothing against any of you yeah, know yeah. The guys that served with, but you know, a lot of them still think of themselves as warriors. Yeah, you know? I mean, the, the the name of our 
group is gunfighters and lifesavers. Yeah, I mean, wow. They still think like that. You know? Yeah, I mean, and you've um, gotten away from I that. I don't. Yeah, you're a hippie. Although I do keep this, you know, I have my well, shirt on the wall. Yeah, you got all your medals. I mean, of course. You know, it's a memory. And you have two purple hearts. Well, actually, I only is, have one. Oh, I was like, is that what those are? Yeah. <laughs> oh. And no, the, the both of those are store bought. Oh. And my real one is inside. I gotta keep it safe. In the box, yeah. Oh wow. I mean, it's such a big part of your life. You, yeah. it'd be weird if you didn't commemorate it somehow. But I under, I totally understand not wanting to like yeah, reminisce. They, they let me know in like, uh, I was right, everything happened around 1997 when I, you know, finally figured out PTSD stuff and everything. That's when they notified me that I only had one purple heart. And you're like that because I had been shot twice on the same day. It doesn't count. So it only counts as one. And you're like, even though they were like five hours apart, and you know, for that five hours, I'm still fighting. Right. You're like, know? anyway, and now we're sending you a side cord. You're like, yeah. good, just kick me while I'm so down. Now, so now I got you know a couple hundred dollars worth of you know frame and and, and artwork here <laughs> that is you know stolen valor. It's stolen valor. <laughs> That's so yeah. funny. So I you know I have to as soon as I get enough money, I'm going to take it back to the frame shop and get it redone so that it's correct. Yeah. That's Every time I look at it. Say, that's lame. You kept I fighting. Say, I don't have two purple hearts. I only have one. Fuck that. I got five wounds, but I only got. One oh, purple but one heart. purple heart. <laughs> like yeah, we just we only have so many hearts to give. Yeah, Sorry, because, bud. You know, like when I got when I got uh, hit by shrapnel uh, twice, I got hit by shrapnel. Yikes! I decided that uh, I didn't but, want to go through all the hassle with paperwork and all that shit. You know? Yeah. Oh, so you could have gotten more if you wanted to, like. Well, yeah, but the corpsman has to fill out a bunch of paperwork. Your commanding officer has to fill out a bunch of paperwork. You got to verify stuff. They, you know, got to have two witnesses. Ah, I said, Screw it's just a that whole shit. thing. You're like, you I know? don't need a fucking gun. Let me get out of here. Yeah. You know. Just let me go. Yeah. Wow. Because it, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't something I'd be hospitalized for. I literally pulled a piece of strap line on my arm myself. Whoa. Was that from an explosion? Yeah. Oh, From wow. a, probably a rocket-propelled grenade, rocket probably. Propelled grenade. Wow. Uh, and that happened twice. Once right in my wrist here and once in my back. And you just and yanked it out. And I like, yanked this one out and I had a buddy yank the other one out. And just kept going. That's probably standard said, procedure for a lot of people, right? my back here. And he says, damn, you got hit by shrapnel. Let me pull that out. Just yanked hey, it you out. You keep this? I don't want to keep that. Wow, what am I going to put that in the frame? People do. I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah, everyone's got their own things. Yeah. Um, do you so nowadays as far as maintaining and yeah, just oh. oh yeah aside since I've been back in Vietnam I've never owned a gun oh since you come never. back like, I don't want a gun never owned one how do you feel about guns no. uh, you know they have their purpose it's not for you know every Tom, Dick and Harry to be carrying one around but it's their right if they want to do it fine yeah. and I got you know and I got some friends that are you know survivalists and you know they've got 20 guns yeah, what like, are you going to do if the shit you don't have 20 fan? arms you know, what, you know, what, are you, what are you going to do if the shit hits the fan and, and, and I'm going to come steal one of your guns and come, I'm going to take one of your yeah. guns that's exactly what there's I enough guns I said I'm going to fucking take one of yours oh no you know like, yeah I am I'm going to come over here I'm going to take one of your guns yeah you can't shoot them all <laughs> you know you're going to shoot me yeah, you maniac. <laughs> you maniac. That's funny. Because you need all these automatic weapons and, you know. <laughs> right? Did it change your... Did going to Vietnam and being enlisted in the military change your perspective on, like, U.S. politics and how how we operate? Then, no. No. You know, then, you know, politics never even came into it. No, you're you just know, like, I'm, I'm a badass, joining, I'm a Marine. I'm joining the Marine Corps and I'm, you know, I'm joining to go do this fighting thing. And politics never even entered it. Yeah, it never I crossed your mind. I didn't even learn about all the politics about it until years later when I started, you know, looking into it. Yeah. Because, you know, like I said, when I first got home, just went I back to 
I was done. I'm checked not, out. I don't care. I don't talk about it. I don't want to hear about it. I'm fine. Yeah. I don't have any problems. I don't have bad dreams, which was a lie. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't I, remember I, them, so I they don't, don't count. I, I don't wake up in the middle of the night, which was a lie. <laughs> I don't get up in the middle of the night, walk around my yard and check the perimeter, which was a lie. I still do that. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's interesting. You still do that. Yeah. Um, what do you think I was doing at five o'clock this morning when you called? Oh, is that when I texted? I was like, <laughs> I he probably won't got, be up. I just gotten back in. Just in I just from. walked around. Oh, wow. Around so that's a thing like you just never get rid of. Yeah. But if it makes you feel better, who cares? Okay. Secure the perimeter. You know? Secure the perimeter. <laughs> Your neighbors are just like, like there habit. he is again. Yep. Securing the perimeter. Yeah. He keeps us safe. Yep. Uh, what I do don't I know w- that they've ever seen me. That you know, pretty stealthy. I'm pretty stealthy. <laughs> you would Plus, the house next door is vacant. So. <laughs> oh, they're like, we got to move out. This guy's crazy. He's up at 5 a.m. Yeah, she, she just died. She didn't oh. <laughs> and nobody moved in? What the well, heck? Well, her... Somebody nephew, owns it. They her, just her nephew owns. He's an attorney up in Tallahassee. He oh. comes down every couple of months and just hangs I got out. The key to the place, so I take care of it for him. And, oh, that's nice. You know, Secure their we perimeter. Hi- we hired. We had him hire our lawn guy. Oh, so now they come to do our place and his place. Oh, great. Got people there all the time. That's easy. Cool. Oh well, best case scenario, I think. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Where do I? So nowadays, as far as maintaining mental health and stuff. Uh, do you have a routine? Do you? What, what you mean, like a daily routine? Or yeah, or like you? Normal, uh, it's pretty boring and pretty normal. Do you, you use know, you uh like around five six? Yeah, marijuana. Do you use that? You use you mentioned that, didn't you? Uh, daily. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And years that and years and years. And that helps you. Not yet today because my guy isn't going to call me until like four thirty. So, but but about an hour. So but yeah. <laughs> so well, that must be pretty exciting with all the the legalizations in the last few years, how everything's kind of moving towards, it looks like it's going to be so accessible. That's mm-hmm. great. From your lips to God's, you know. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Because so you it's, use it's that. It's kind of ridiculous not to. I mean, you know, it's stupid. Yeah, it is. So that helps with like anxiety and just everything. Absolutely. Does it help with. Pain. I was going to say with, a, with the the actually your, your actual pain. Mostly the pain. Okay. Like a bad back pain, you know, I'm. You know, I'm like pushing 70 here. Oh, man, you so, look great. Yeah. For 70 and for all of the shit that you just told me, <laughs> yeah. you've just been like taken down by all yeah. forms of metal. Yeah, I'll be 70 my next birthday. Oh, party. Yeah. 70s party. Hopefully. Yeah, we're thinking of doing something like a cruise or something. Oh. You'll, you'll get all the information. Oh, let me know. I'm going to be there. Oh, definitely. I'll be in my 70s outfit. <laughs> or whatever you do. We did that for your grandma. We I did, know. Seventies party. I, actually, I cooked for it. Ah, uh, I, I, I couldn't. I don't know where I was, but I wasn't there. I was probably still in high school. But yeah, I think you were still living in Alaska. I yeah, I missed all the good stuff. I don't know. Was your grandma seventy when we came to visit you? I think she well, was. Let me see. You were in high school because yeah, that was like two thousand two. Playing soccer. Yeah, two thousand two, two thousand three. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Hmm. Um, 2001. 2001. Okay. He's not listening. Yeah, it's funny. He's just over, my uncle's over there eavesdropping. <laughs> uh, does the VA? So the VA helps you with all the medical stuff you need with like ongoing 100%. treatment with your. Yep. yep. Like all this healthcare shit, I could care less. You think doesn't that like me, doesn't affect me one bit? I go to the VA for everything. And is it all the VA? So with the VA, does like do they give you a type of insurance or they just pay for everything? They just pay you for just it. Go, just go there whenever I want. I have my own You think doctor. eventually it's going to be like medical marijuana from the VA? Huh? 
that's going to be a tough one. It's uh, not going to be medical marijuana at the VA until it gets federally I know, legalized, but, which it's not going to. You know, but what a dream, huh? Now it's just states. Yeah. Know, just state law. To just show up there and be right. like, here's your medical treatment and your pound of marijuana, sir. <laughs> Thank you for your yeah. service. They actually just opened up a dispensary around the corner. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Uh, but the stupid law they passed in Florida, you're not allowed to smoke it. Oh, you? what do you... You have to... Ingest it? Uh, no, it's a pill form, I believe. Oh, a pill form. Or, or uh, what do they call it? Some, some sort of oil. Have you tried that? Yeah. yeah. Like, does it feel different? Uh, it's the same. Have you tried CBD like patches? No. Oh, I haven't no. tried them either, but I hear no, it's... In Florida, we don't have access to oil. Oh, yeah. Stuff, you know? You know, California, Colorado. Yeah, they're on the forefront. DC, you know, there's you know, you walk into a shop and you, know. and you can get anything. Yeah, I haven't tried them either, but what I've heard with the CBD is, you get the pain relief with no no high, <laughs> which t- some people that's are fine. like, well, I want the high, but like, that's fine. Oh, but I, apparently, CBD is great for. Look, I've been smoking pot so long, I don't really get high anyway. Yeah. You know? I only do. I'm so get, sensitive you know, like, to it. That you know, the, the terminologies I get right. Yeah, like you know? I just level out. Yeah, exactly. That's great. Exactly. Oh, Although man. different strains every now come along and say, wow, what a nice buzz. Yeah. It doesn't last very long. I mean, you know? there's all that indica yeah. versus sativa right. Right. shit that I don't understand. Right. Uh, yeah. um, let me see. There, I don't think there's any. But mostly mostly it helps, you know, with the pain. You know, the anxiety, the Xanax is my it go-to. Is your go-to. Yeah. And that's just when it gets bad. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, if, if I get in an argument or if I, you know. Just get heated up yeah, too much. Right. It, it starts to. Right. That anger starts yeah. to fuel uh-huh. that old familiar feeling. Right. Right. Okay. Any, uh, let's see. I'm trying to think. Any closing, anything you want to say about anything that I don't think we've covered? Uh, you said you are going to be asking questions. So I'm here to answer the questions. Okay. <laughs> I feel like I asked all my questions. Uh, do you feel at all like, I don't know where your political viewpoints are, but. I guess briefly going back to like the protesters. I feel like I understand the concept of being opposed to a war. Right. But do you, I feel like people protesting were sort of taking their anger out on the wrong people with the harassing of soldiers. Is that it's like that you were a scapegoat. Of course they were. Where it's like, the people in the military have no say over you know who we fight with and like I'm just doing my with. job. That's totally, yeah, it's totally political. You know, going into the military, that there's a good possibility that you're going to go fight in a war. Yeah, you know, you don't get to choose who you go fight in a war with. Yeah, you might not agree with you the know? war or like the president exactly. or yeah, but you kind of have to just no. do that. You thing. know, d- during my time in Vietnam, every now and then I would have to go down to Da Nang for you know. So I, I was in recon, so we just had to go for what they call the debriefing. Yeah. And we would go down to Da Nang and we'd go to the Air Force compound and they would put us up for the night. And, uh, you know, then I would hear about all this stuff. Yeah. And uh, to me, they were, you know, at the time, they were just a bunch of pussies and cowards. Yeah. You and then you're just like, yeah, and, whatever. You know, and then they had that organization when I got back, they had this organization called Vietnam Veterans Against the War. And I hated them. Oh, wow. Yeah, really? Because you're like, how? come on, yeah, man. How could you? You know, yeah, it's like even if you, you realize know, in the course of being in the war, you, you know, don't agree John, with the, the reasons. John Kerry thing. John Kerry is one of the spokespeople of Vietnam veterans against the war. Ah, you know, and that guy's a piece of crap, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> oh, you know? well, you know the guy. Th- he, he took all these medals and he threw them over the White House wall. You know the fence, the White House, and he threw his medals away. 
Oh. And then years later, he gets elected to Congress, and you go to his office. He's got all his medals. All on the medals the wall. on the wall. It's like, and and the reporter says, "Well, where did you get all those medals?" He says, "Well, they're mine." What do you mean, of yours? You threw all yours? Well, they weren't mine. They were a, another veteran that asked me to do it. What? What? So it's yeah. like you're. A, I mean, politicians are. That's just a yeah. whole other. Just, well, it's just John Kerry. And, you know, him and John McCain. I could go into. I could talk two hours just about them two knuckleheads. Just it's like you know. whatever is going to get me the vote, yeah. probably. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. Okay. You know, Kerry. He, you know, he's got three or four Purple Hearts, and he wrote himself up for them. What the hell? What? You know? Oh, that's he got crazy. Got all these videos and uh, movies about John Kerry in Vietnam. Know, oh yeah all those videos goes to Vietnam takes a bunch of videos spends four months there doesn't like what he's doing calls his dad gets a different job uh, it was ridiculous uh, uh, giving himself medals it was disgusting like weird white privilege well you remember when he was running for president you know all the swift boat guys that came out and said he's a liar yeah he never did any of that stuff he was never with us we don't know him Oh yeah, he was like but a he big had all time. This video. He brought a camera crew with him to Vietnam. Who the hell? Had, you know, had, who had who? the opportunity to bring a camera crew? It's to like, Vietnam? oh, how great! You were rich and you just took a vacation into pretending to be a soldier. You know, That's I didn't have a camera crew with me. I wish I did. Like, some yeah. cool shit they could have, you know, yeah, filmed. Get some good shit. I looked great out there, laying on a swift boat. Yeah, you know, God, you know, he's one purple heart he gave himself. He said he ran into the woods after a Vietnamese guy and ended up killing him and getting wounded in the struggle. Oh. Nobody saw it. Nobody saw it. Oh, your camera crew didn't catch that? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, they gave him a purple heart and a silver star or whatever. Okay. What can you do? Whatever. Uh, war. Politics. Yeah. Humbug. Yeah, but no, I was never, the, the, the political end of it never never affected no. me. Okay. Certainly not when I was there. Yeah. You know, I'm obviously, you know, when I, as I got older, I got a little more, you know, politically inclined to yeah. you know, shout out about stuff. And, As we do. You know, say who I like, who I don't like, and, you know, bet with my friends who's going to win the presidential election. <laughs> bet. It's just you a know? gamble for you guys. Yeah. Like, ah, who cares? But I'm putting money yeah, on this guy. They're all a bunch of shitheads. You know, they're, you know, they're yeah. politicians. Well, a lot of times you know, I feel they're like. They're absolutely not what the founding fathers intended. No. You know, they intended, you know, people to come and serve in Congress, do two or three years, go home and go back to their job. Yeah. There was no this such you know, shit of politicians. You know, they Lifetime? start when they're 22 and, you know, when they're 70, they're being honored for being in Congress for 50, 60 years. What it's the like, hell? no, you should have a, I agree with sucking that. sucking on a government teeth for You should have a term ago. and get the hell out and go. Exactly. That's how And you know what? And be treated with the, the respect of a veteran yeah. is like, thank you for doing a service. Yeah. And then you can go get a nice job. Yeah. You know, but God, I could go on that about that for hours. So we don't need to do that. Um, yeah. yeah, really. That's another conversation. Yeah. It's a whole other podcast. Well, uh, yeah, that, and even this, you know, this uh, Trump Hillary thing, I didn't get into that a whole lot. You know, yeah, it was intense. It's still intense. No, I, he- I, I, I voted for Trump. I wanted Trump to, to win. <laughs> but the reason I know people will, they, they do the same thing. But the, the thing is, I didn't want another politician. I said, you know, even if he's the worst president ever, it's and a he change. might be, <laughs> you know, and he might be, but it. It gives it's an opportunity for change. So you were like, I want to shake up the system. He might not be the guy that changed it, but the next person might. So this, so to you, it was like break. This will jar the system, and people will go, "Oh, you don't have to be a regular politician." The cycle of you know lifelong politicians being president. Interesting. All right. Obviously, he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. I mean, obviously, he's a businessman. Yeah. And and by all reports, a crooked businessman. Yeah. (laughs) You, You know so. Yeah, and but it's, 
you know, Hillary. Oh, man. You know, that, <sighs> you know, she's a criminal, too. Oh, gosh. Politicians. You know, politics. You know? It's so bad. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah. I so hate I it don't all. even deal with it. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. it's also just like, even the president, too, is like, in the way that people anger at the war are taking it out on soldiers. In a lot of ways, I mean, a president does have authority, but a lot of times it's like, this is the person you can blame your anger on. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, and I do blame so much anger, but <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. I guess that's it. I, uh, I hope that you enjoyed this. I appreciate you letting me anytime pry your brain. Uh, it doesn't seem to me like you got much. I don't know. I've, I didn't want to be like, did you see anyone get blown up? I don't. Yeah. I mean, many times I, I was, yeah. I was afraid to ask the, any, just blown up myself a couple. Times. Yeah. <laughs> For any descriptive, yeah. gruesome stuff. Well, uh, it's 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 gruesome. Yeah, you know, it is. It's what you think it is. It's what you imagine. It's what you see on TV. Yeah, you know? literally. You know? God, and that's just without the music. And you do you still have you flashbacks at all? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah. What was the uh, the worst battle? The worst one that I was in. Yeah, was probably Dido. Dido. Yeah. Yeah. Even though I didn't get wounded, it died up. But you just saw That's so many where I other saw people. The most carnage. Yeah. You know. Was it just like fields of dead people? Yes. <sighs> yes. And it was a lot of hand to hand bayonets and bayonets. Yeah. Wow. Stabbing people. Did you stab anybody? Mm, several. You see, you, you like killed a bunch of people. Yeah. Man. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Just in their face too. Which I feel bad about actually. Oh, I mean. You know. How can you not? A person's a person. A person, yeah. yeah it's like I mean, at the time, to me, they were filthy gooks. Gosh, oh you my know? God. That's, you know, that was my mindset then, you know? And uh, now, you know, now I realize, you know, wow, these people had brothers and moms. And they were just doing the same thing on their end, just the serving. Same thing on their end, right. Like, I just, you know? yeah, I was told to go to you war. They, they may have joined, they may have been drafted, you know, you but don't they, know. Were, they were doing it. Oh, you man. Know, they were doing the same thing I was doing, just for the other side. Yeah, just, we were just following orders. You know? And now, like I told you, they have these tours going back to Vietnam that, you know, different outfits. My outfit does it every couple of years. They wow. do a tour and go to all the different battles that we've had. And what they do is they coordinate with the opposition. With really? With the North Vietnamese guys that we actually fought against. And they meet with them. And they talk with them and they talk about the battle and how many men they had and how many men they lost and how many friends they lost. And, and they're great friends now. And they all ap- apologize and are like, yep. because everyone was like, I was just doing exactly. what I was trained to do. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's not wow. politicized at all. It's just people come that's, together. That's a deep bond, too. Yep. I mean, I can't even imagine. But, you know, I don't want to go back to Vietnam and, you know, meet some, you know, 30-something or 40-something and find out I killed his dad. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you're like, oh, that's too. Yeah, makes me shudder. It's horrifying. Yeah, yeah. you're like, because you don't know. Ah, I mean, what are they going to do? Say, ah, you did good in that fight. You know, yeah, oh, way I, to I, go. I remember you. You got, <laughs> yeah, like, oh, you got a lot of kills. Like, yeah, no one's going to say right. that. Exactly. They're just like, we kept a tally. You crushed yeah, but it. By, by far, probably died though was the worst. Yeah. For me, because it lasted three days. Usually, oh. firefights last an hour. So it was just like three days nonstop. Three days nonstop. So you were like nighttime, daytime, just didn't matter. Seventy-two hours of just and carnage. Then, you know, and then towards the end, when uh, right before they pulled out and they did that big charge, I mean, we literally had five hundred dead Man. North Vietnamese guys. Oh wow! Literally stepping over them and you know using them as barricades, 
Go oh, like using a body as a shield. And they just kept coming and just kept coming. It was horrible. Holy fuck. Yeah. And so for well, three. It turns out, you know, it turns out, his, you know, you can look it up. You know, it turns out they had two North Vietnamese divisions, entire division. They had 10,000 men. And it's we you guys, 600. 600. We started with 600. Did you guys entering that situation know that you were that no. outnumbered? No. You no. thought you're like, oh, we're equipped to fight. We're ready. We this thought is- that they would. They, they had a force maybe the size of ours or less. Yeah, you're like, we're going to take yep. these. Yeah, after wow. We, a, a, after we wasted a couple of hundred people, we thought, well, this is coming to a close. Like, well, this and is And then done. they started coming. And they started coming. And then you're and like, they started holy coming. fuck. Yep. We were running with them. They were running. We were running. Oh, Jesus. You know, I mean, it was ridiculous. Nobody, you know, because it's totally chaotic. Yeah. I mean, everybody's shooting and it's It's just going and crazy. And, you know, people are bleeding and screaming for their mothers and, you know, calling and uh, help me, help me. I mean, it's just total, total chaos. So, you know, we're running and, you know, then they're running. You know, everybody's looking for cover. Yeah. You know, and you're jumping behind the tree and there's a bad guy. So you got to kill him or he's going to kill you. Yeah. And there's no and like there stopping. No stopping. And it so was terror. Like was three days terror. nonstop. Sheer terror. No sleeping, full adrenaline. Sleeping, you know. You, you know, you had like your, your fire team, which was four people, and yeah. two hours on, two hours off, two uh, hours on, two hours on. You always wanted to have two guys awake. Oh, wow. You know, so you sleep two hours, and then they wake you up, and the other two guys go to sleep, sleep. for two hours. But, but you know, that's you're not, not really sleeping. You're not sleeping. You know? No, not with that amount of shit. Every now and then you'd find yourself in a, in a deep, you know, sleep. You get a little like five minute, like. Right. Damn, I just fell asleep. You're waking me up, right? I've been two fuck. hours. And, you and you're like, I'm still here. <laughs> yeah. I thought this was a nightmare. Yeah, really. Oh, man. Yeah. Were there any or any battles you in like big, like victories? For Well, they all were. We never, you know, we didn't lose a battle the okay. time I was there. So an individual battle. An individual. But it was like the overall was a, the problem with our war. It was like there was no. The overall was they weren't ever going to quit. And yeah, they had something to fight for. We didn't. We're just at that point, just there, being we like, were just we're there. just we had playing no, war. We had no objective, exactly. We had absolutely no. Now their objective was to, you know, make the entire country of Vietnam communist. Yeah, and and that's their right. Well, and America was like, we have to stop communism. We got to stop communism, and that was the that was the lie. That, that was what was they the said. Big lie that you know, if we didn't stop them in Vietnam, there was going to be a domino effect, and domino five effect. years they'll be. Cambodia and Laos, and like oh Australia. That, that was the the lie. In five years, Australia will be five communist. years. They're going to take the Philippines and they'll go right down and take Australia and you know and the Samoan Islands and and all that. It's, crap. it's also like why does the U.S. give a fuck? But I don't yeah. know. Who knows? Why? I mean, money. Yeah. That's why? Well, that's why I know. Yeah. But you know, oil, gold. Yeah, because uh, you know, communism would yeah, okay. You know, all kinds of natural resources, but they're like for the good of the people. Yeah, that was you the know, American people with money who want to keep making money. Exactly. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah, I could see how people could get angry yeah. at war, but yeah, you know, back then they didn't make all our clothes; we made all theirs. Oh, really? You know, we sold everything to all over the world. We sold to China and to Vietnam. Oh, wow. We actually exported. Yeah, exactly. Remember when things were American made and people wanted them? Back in the day, right? And now we get all of our clothes. Now they've outsourced everything and, you know, I go to JCPenney's to buy my clothes and I look at it made in Vietnam. And you're triggered. You're like, I can't wear this shirt. I didn't for a long time. Oh, wow. Oh, you're like, fuck you. Yep. Even though it's American companies fucking over American people. Exactly. JCPenney. Ah. Yep. Uh, for a long time, I didn't. J.C. Penny Pinchers, bring yeah. uh, bring jobs back. Yeah, 
Um, and then, you know, I, I got over it. Yeah. yeah it's a like, long time, 50 years. Like Then I realized the price difference of paying for American-made yeah, shirts, really? and you're like, screw this. I'm getting but a Honda. I'm, I'm very fortunate. You know, I make no bones about it. I'm very, very fortunate. Yeah. I survived that, and, and I, you know, tolerated my existence for all these years. <laughs> and, uh, We've tolerated it, too. Yeah, yeah, that too. <laughs> Do you but feel I, like... I've been fortunate. I have great family. I have great friends. You know, I have a halfway decent house. I have a you have a great decent, house. You know, I have a decent car. You know, I got yeah. a swimming pool. Great uh, setup. Oh, swimming I live pool. in Florida. Uh, you you know. can't complain too much. Now, you know, I missed my daughter growing up. Yeah. My, my, my biological once you, daughter. Once you got divorced, it was kind of just like. Well, I went on the lam. Yeah, you, you I just. I got into speed and I got caught selling speed to federal agents and I went on the lam for eight years. Yeah. That's did, a whole other story. Oh, Connected. <laughs> oh man, federal agents. Wait, when were you? So were you in prison? What happened? Uh, well, I got arrested, and then they let me out on bail, and I left. Okay. And I stayed away for eight years. You just like disappeared. Mm-hmm. You were just off the grid. Changed my name. Changed my social security number. You changed your. Back then, it was easier to do shit like that, huh? I could still do it right now. <gasps> it's a pretty simple process. Oh wow. Yeah. So you were just living under an alias. Yep. Oh wow. Jonathan Christopher Jude. Jude. J U D. That's so funny. Yeah. Hey, Jude. And then Johnny Lee Wilson was my last alias. Johnny Lee Wilson, like Frank Wilson. Yeah. Oh. What'd you do in, in those I times? I went to a graveyard in Denton, Texas, and found the grave of someone who passed away around the year I wanted to be born. Oh, wow. And went to the county seat and got a copy of my birth certificate. Oh, my God. And got a Social Security card. And at the Social Security office, they asked me, you know, how can you be, you know, 28 years old and never have a Social Security card? Well, I worked on my daddy's farm. We didn't have Social Security. Wow. A farm worker. You know. And there was no computers they, and stuff yeah, back then, so right. it's even easier. So there was no way to check it. And then so when I, you were... I got my driver's license and... Just existed. I was as a Texan for eight years. Did you have no contact with anyone you'd known before? Very little. Yeah. Very little. Very, you know, some contact, obviously, with my dad, my, you know, my sisters and my brothers. Yeah. It was, you know, surreptitiously. You know, I'd have a friend that was going somewhere, and I'd say, hey, listen, drop this letter off in the mailbox when you get to Tennessee. Oh, wow. So they'd send a letter to my dad, postmark, you know. And so they're just like, he's just out there somewhere. A thousand miles away. You know, and like you said, back then they didn't have the technology, you know, technology where they could, you know, track it and cell phones where they could get your pings and. Yeah. yeah. What did you do for work in Texas? I uh, had a business called Glass Menders. I used to go around different car lots and repair shield. Oh, you were like the original Safe Light Repair, Safe Light Replace. Yep. yep. They stole our stuff. Oh, oh really? Yeah. yeah. A buddy of mine invented Patented the, that. A, bun- a buddy of mine invented the uh, serum that they inject into the windshields to fix it. See, a windshield is two pieces of glass with a piece of plastic filament in between. Ah. What happens is when you get a rock hit your windshield and it looks like it's a crack, it's just a tear in that film. In that film. And oh. you can inject a, a liquid into it and it solidifies harder than the original glass. Wow. You can't even see. If, anyone, if you did the repair right, you couldn't even see it. Couldn't and even then we tell. had another product that we could use to get out the windshield wipers. Uh, you ever, you ever see on a car the scratches on the windshield? The streaks, yeah, yeah, the scratches, yeah, yeah. Well, we had a solution that we could put in water and, you know, and rub it on the windshield and then buff it out. Oh, wow. It was a pretty good business. That's awesome. And then was there something, 
Was there an event or something that made you decide you could go back? Or you're just like, it's been long enough. Well, I was living with a girl at the time. That and, bitch. Uh, I'm just kidding. That bitch. <laughs> and uh, and we, we, we broke up. And uh, she had uh, two kids and I was living with them. Did she guys. know that you were under a fake yeah. alias? And okay. She, she changed her name, too. Oh. Just because I did. So she changed oh. her name, too. Stand by Which your was man. good because, you know, that she was a friend of my sister's. Oh, and wow. I snuck down here to Florida and visited my sister. And, you know, she had a girlfriend come over one time and, you know. You had a thing. Up. You hit it off. Yeah, we hooked up and we decided, let's go to Yellowstone National Park. We get jobs as like waiters and waitresses and they'll never find us. That's really cute, well, actually. Where it's like we only a made lame body and Clyde. We made it as far as Dallas, Texas. You're like, this is good enough. We stopped to visit her sister. Ah. And her brother-in-law had a sheetrock business. So he gave me a job hanging sheetrock. Oh, wow. I did that for about a week. I said, ah, no, this, this. this ain't me. Yeah. And then I got a job with this guy that had a glass business. And, and you're like, okay. Glass, and then I started my own business. Oh, wow. His, the name of his business was Glass Savers. And when I left and started my own business and still bought product with him, I yeah, yeah. glass menders. Oh, okay. So it was a different business, but you were still like giving him and we he, it was his the, product. We were doing the glass business in Dallas, Texas and decided to move to Hawaii. So we went to Hawaii, you lived and when in we Hawaii. got to Hawaii, the, the uh, climate was too damp. It didn't work. And the stuff didn't cure. <gasps> you know, it would look great after you did the, the repair, but then like three days later, it would start to yellow, and oh, no. some moisture. If moisture got in it, that's what would happen. And oh, so you thought you were bringing this technology to Hawaii. Yeah, so we lasted like three months. You're like, flat, I'm set. Three months we were there, flat broke, fighting every day. She finally called her mom, and her mom sent us money to fly back here to Florida. Yeah, and then you guys were like, we're done, we tried. Yeah, we're done, we tried. What part of Hawaii? Uh, Such an irrelevant uh, question. Honolulu. Ah, I'm going there for the first time. Honolulu. We got a nice little apartment with a little nai, and, but they were very prejudiced people there. I was just a Hawaiians? Howley. Oh, yeah, I was a Howley. Is that what that's called? That's, that's what, you know, if you're not... If not you, from the if island. If you weren't Hawaiian or Japanese, you were a, a howly. Any, you know, white people, black people, you were Just howly, not native to the island, yeah. Foreigner. They're like, don't, know. we want to keep and, our, oh, uh, that's interesting. Treat, so many times we went to get a house, because we just live in a little apartment, like right yeah. off the beach. Very expensive. We yeah. went to, you know, rent a house for like, you know, three, four hundred yeah. bucks a month. Back then it was a nice place. And uh, we'd call on the phone, they'd say, yeah, 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 we'd get there and They'd see us and slam the door right in our face. Oh, they'd be like, no, not for yeah, you. We were in the supermarket one time, and we're standing in line waiting to get checked out. And, you know, we're talking. You know, what the hell? Everybody keeps turning us down. We can't find a house. And a guy behind us says, you're a howley. what? And he explained it to us. I said, son of a bitch. And so they would talk to you on the phone say, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they see you. They see you. So well, you're not Japanese. You're not Hawaiian. I'm not renting to you. Oh, wow. You're like, first a war veteran, now this. Now this. It's like, give me but a break. I couldn't do too much bitching because I was on a lamb, though. Oh, yeah. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't yell at them and have the you're police like, come. And, oh, well. It's amazing you managed to keep your anger at bay that long. <laughs> um, and then you just, well, after that was done, you're like, I'm going to just go back to being myself. Yeah, well, the climate was good for Vietnam veterans. Oh, it got just better. starting to get good for Vietnam veterans. Okay. So I decided this would probably be a good time to turn myself in. Yeah. So I flew up to New York. Yeah. Went to the U.S. Marshal's office. You turn, You literally were like, this is what I've been doing? I said, I'm John Connaughton. And I said, son of a bitch. I looked, Eight years we've been looking for you, you son of a bitch. Yeah. Locked me up in a federal prison downtown Manhattan. Yeah. Stayed there overnight, and then they assigned me a legal aid. The Legal Aid Society went on strike that day. <laughs> so I ended so up lucky. With, so I, I ended up with the head of the Legal Aid Society. Oh, wow. Some big-time famous lawyer. And he got my 
he, you know, we went to the thing and he got me six months in a halfway house on Gandhi Boulevard next to Derby Lane. Oh my God. That was my sentence. That's, that's fucking lucky. And, and we had busted with like 14 pounds of methamphetamine hydrochloride. You got six months in a halfway house. In a halfway house. After being on the lamp for eight years. That's awesome. I want to shake that man's hand. He's a great lawyer. That's <laughs> he was, fucking he incredible. Was he was, he, we went to the judge's house for Thanksgiving dinner. Me and this guy. Oh my God. That's how good he was. Yep. That's how, you know, important he was. Wow. Yeah. What a blessing. Because the judge wanted to talk to me on a personal level. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to what had happened in court where I got, you know. He wanted to get to know six you. Six months and, and oh, wanted to make sure he was doing the right thing is what the attorney told me. Yeah, yeah, Oh, and, that's, uh, I mean, that's respectable. I apparently thought it was okay and it went through. But I a little bit of bad luck here. I got down here and they didn't have a place for me to stay at Goodwill. Oh. So they put me in Hillsborough County Jail for three weeks. Oh. That was the most brutal three weeks of my life. Oh, luckily it was only three weeks, though. Thank no God that kidding. thank God that this guy got you such no a light kidding. sentence. And it wasn't the new pretty Hillsborough County Jail I have now. But was that it was worse the old than war? One to, oh, way worse. <laughs> oh my God, way worse. Really? How and how often was in, in there? a room this big? Yeah, with bunks too high all around the room. I think there were like forty people in the room. Christ, one toilet, which was just a steel bowl, uh, and a steel sink. And oh. you just had to poop in front of people. Everybody, yep. Yep, you poop and peed right there. That oh, was that's it. so degrading and yep. gross and fighting, weird. Constant fighting, constant raping. I mean, it was horrible. That's scary. It was fucking horrible. Yeah. Nobody fucked with you. Uh, they first day they did. Yeah. And and then you're like, I'll teach you. Well, I beat some guy up and pretty bad too. Yeah, they probably didn't anticipate you. And this fucking they, you know, I could hear them whispering, "Stay away from that fucking crazy stone guy. cold killer." You're like, I've murdered people with my bare hands. That guy's nuts. Huh? Yeah, and not you know, people that fight in jail, they don't want to. They don't want people that's going to fight back. No, they want you know, pussies. They want, they want exactly. to just feel. They want, they want to win and get whatever they want, and they then want your commissary. Yeah, you know, like just give me your top you ramen. Put money in there. <laughs> put money in their account. You know? God, so crazy. And then after that, you went to a halfway house. And then after it that, they up. sent me to Gandhi Boulevard. There's a Goodwill there, and they okay. have a they have a, a se- yeah, a yeah, yeah. there. And I had to stay there from midnight till six in the morning. Oh man! And my sister would come pick me up six o'clock every morning, and I was there when I got the job at the post office. Oh wow! And I then, was going to the post office to work from the halfway house. And then you got and you worked at the post office for how long? Uh. 15 years this 15 years. I had worked two years before in New York. Did you already know everyone in my family then? Or no, did you I met, meet I met at the post, the post office? office. Okay, because I knew he you worked at the post office. a couple years before me. And then you guys just and instant best there. friends. Yeah, he came He came into work one day with a little ditty bag looking all sad. I'm going to go up to 34th Street and get a hotel room. Susan kicked me out. That was his oh, second no. wife. <laughs> yeah, come say, I had a house. Come stay with me. I got a room and... Just come, you know, I'll just come till I get on my feet. Uh, it's 35 years later. Motherfucker never here. got on his feet. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. But yeah, we started living together back then. And it's just been you know, roomies and like best friends ever roomies, since. Yeah, we bought this house together. Yeah. You know, we bought it and we went down to the courthouse and we did thing that's uh, full rights of survivorship. So that if I die, oh, it's my, like, family, my family can't come in and say, okay, you got to sell the house and give us. Okay. So it's like you guys are dies. each other's heir, sort of. No, no, but. Yeah. Well, we would co whatever they call it. You're married. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> whatever gets the tax but, money but, but anyway, and it keeps full, the house. Full rights of survivorship. Oh, it's great that they have called. that. Yeah. 
That's good to know because I feel so like we went, we went down to the courthouse and we did all the paperwork and so now you know like if, if, if like I said like if he dies I don't have to worry about yeah if one you know, day you forget Michael, to secure the I don't perimeter have to worry about Michael coming here and trying to take my house yeah no <laughs> it's like fuck you it's my house right that's great that's yeah. good to know because I feel yeah. like I could a see lot myself of people don't know that I've turned a lot of people that are you know that bought property together and didn't even know that yeah people that do it for investment properties and they that's don't know smart that they can do that. That's good to know. I feel like yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if my life ends up with me being with just like yeah, uh, full, full, a long-term roommate, yeah, you know? Full rights of survivorship. Full rights of survivorship. Yeah. You guys, good to know. If you're listening yeah. and you have a heterosexual life mate, like many of us do. <laughs> or not. Or if you're just investing Or if you're somebody. just like, yeah, getting yeah. a property together. Right. So if, you know, if, if one of you die, you know, before you flip it. No fucking weirdo can show up and be like, right. this was my father's the house. ex-wife or children, exactly. Crazy ex-wife. Crazy children. Ah. <sighs> But anyway, that was the, the biggest drawback of, you know, that whole thing was I just lost my daughter. Yeah. Have you I, reconnected with oh, her Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Sure, sure, sure. I talk to her all the time. Oh, that's great. But, you know, for a long time, she's very angry with me. Yeah. She's it's hard. Angry, you know? Yeah. I, I can understand it. Yeah. Know? It's and hard. I don't, you know, and I would never tell her, oh, it wasn't my fault. And it was yeah, absolutely my that's fault. L- yeah. Life you know, regardless, shit happened. You know, what happened is because I became a drug addict and had to go on a lamb. She missed having a dad for all her childhood. You know, yeah, yeah. I went to a wedding and gave her away at a wedding, and you know, I have a You've, grandson. You know, made amends and and then sense. I then I got with you know Lisa girlfriend and you yeah, know, she had you know, and then I got Jenna. Yeah, you know, so and now you have look at I've you. Been her dad since you know ninety six. Damn, just yeah. dad and out. Just yeah, getting high and being a dad and going on cruises with your heterosexual life mate. Yeah, it's pretty good. Pretty good turnout yeah. from yeah from Vietnam. Not too bad. Do you think? Uh, are you thankful for the experience? Like, are you glad you did it? You think it shaped you, or are you like, if you did it over, you'd be like, "Fuck this." Uh, I would do it again. Yeah. All right. I would. I would absolutely do it again. I love that because you know my participation was honest. It was, yeah. You know, it was genuine. Yeah. You're like I was it just. Wasn't, you know, like nowadays. You know, I, I mean, my war wasn't any different than any other war. Not any harder, or you know. But nowadays, unfortunately, a lot of these guys are joining the military so that they can get a good education. Yeah. You know, nothing wrong with that. They're just like, this is my four years so I can get that college paid this for. This is so I can get, you know, free college. Exactly. Yeah. And you're like. Which is a shame. Well, it's also and like, God, what. Free college. Yeah, no, it's like that you're putting mm-hmm. yourself in that position because yeah. you. Because our college system is so fucked, you feel like you have to fight a war or yeah. possibly go to war, and you it's not a thing you believe you in. You put a hundred thousand dollars in debt, you know, when you're 22. Yeah, Who tell me about that? it. You know? I'm on the run. Exactly. exactly. I'm gonna. What is it? Go lamb. What is it? Going to lamb. <laughs> I'm going a lamb uh, to hide out from Sally Mae. Yeah. Um, so it's harder to do now. Though. I know. Like I said, you know, I just went to the graveyard. That's cr- that's fucking. That's you like know? gangster shit. That's dope. Now, don't forget. Now, I also had to find someone that was named John. Oh. Oh, because you have a tattoo? I did when I was 11 years old. You did it, that tattoo? You guys, he has a tattoo of his name? No, my name. No, no, no. Of, yeah, John. I was telling the listeners. Yeah. Uh, you did that when you were 11? Yeah, I did that, that and this. What is, is that a flower? That was, there used to be a TV show called Ben Casey. And at the beginning of the show, they used to show the symbols, man, woman, death, infinity. Yeah. This was supposed to be man. Oh, okay, I see it now. With the, with little, the little arrow. arrow. Yeah, yeah. The way we did it was we tied six sewing needles together and dipped it in India ink. Oh, my and then God. Traced you could have died. Traced That's probably how you got hepatitis. <laughs> <laughs> but don't tell the government. And I tried that. to do something here. Oh, shit. I got a little, just one dot. And, and you're I like, fuck it, this. And it hurt so bad. I said, okay, that's it. Right here. 
And you're like, no, not this part of my leg. It's not happening. That's so funny. You know? Uh, and, and it happened like... I, I, I and did it, it stayed. About, I did it about two months before my mom passed away. Uh. So for the last two months of her life, I had to keep long sleeves on or you know, have it wrapped or be carrying a towel. Or oh, wow. So she wouldn't see it. You know, I don't want and then she died. And you're like, how sad, but dad, also my freedom. Dad, my dad kicked my ass. Oh, I'm sure. Kicked my ass. I'm sure my he, parents he aren't so, happy I have tattoos he, that, as an adult. That's probably the angriest he ever was with me in my entire life. You fucking tattooed your own name on your arm, you yeah. dipshit. Then, then had to go to school, Catholic school. Oh God! <laughs> I'm like, my my goddamn son. The nuns tore oh. me up for that. Oh, I'm sure. They killed me, John. Yeah, that's. But anyway, so when I went to Lamb, I had to find an alias that with the name John. Yeah. Get stopped by the cops and give him George. It says John on your arm. That's my dad friend. My boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> and then they just, God, what year was that? They probably would have been like. You're going to prison. <laughs> we don't take kindly to that in Texas. <laughs> really? Uh, all right, cool. Well, thanks for letting me chat with you. Okay. This has been fun. Uh, all right, you guys. Well, that's it. Uh, I'm Jessica Michelle. This has been Ignorance is Blessed uh, with my Uncle Pony. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it and learned something. I will see you soon. Bye, idiots. Well, there you go. Vietnam and PTSD with my Uncle Pony. Uh, if you like the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review it on iTunes. Share it with your friends because everybody's a little bit ignorant sometimes. You can follow the podcast at Blessed Podcast on Twitter or at Ignorance is Blessed on Instagram to stay up on everything that's happening over here. Uh, as always, please keep in mind that no guest is or claims to be a representative for every person who has a similar identity. They are just one person sharing their own experience and ideas to help us get a peek at how things look from their situated position in the world. If you have additional questions about any guest or have a topic you want to hear covered, uh, suggested specific guest for any of those topics, please, please, please send them my way. You can message me on Facebook, facebook.com slash JMS comedy, uh, at JMS comedy on Twitter and Instagram and, uh, JMS comedy.com got the new website going. Uh, it was my full name. And then, uh, JMS comedy just seems easier to tell people. And also my domain expired and is in this weird limbo. And rather than uh, spend time doing that, I just was like, screw this. I'll make an easier website. So there you go. Uh, Yeah. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sending your questions. Keep them coming. The more we ask, the more we learn, the more we know. And the more we know, the more we can look down on others who aren't as smart as we are. And isn't that the point? Uh, Sorry if it's a little echoey in the intro and outro. I'm in my friend's house and she is moving. So it's empty. Uh, and it probably sounds uh, a little echoey. So thanks for putting up with that. Thanks for listening. And thank you for being patient with my ignorance as always. See you soon, idiots.